This is the MLW Radio Network. My name is Mike Freeland. It is Tuesday night. It is Front Row Material. Good to have you joining us again. Uh, we got a big show for you this week. We're going to be talking about our six pack of questions with our panel. Ooh, Ultimate Warrior action. What's going on with Dana Warrior? But she isn't too happy with Dark Side of the Ring. We're also going to be talking about the WWE cuts today. Wonder what happened with all of that and what prompted it. We're going to get in and talk about that as well. Mia Yim. And one of my favorite guys, the Rit, I'm telling you right now, um, he's not been seen for a while, and and uh, I, I don't know what's going on. Do you know who that is? Mia Yim's in squeeze. That would be the man, Keith Lee. Where's Keith Lee? Keith Lee. I hope they don't screw the pooch on this. I've said this for months now. Keith Lee is one of the most gifted wrestlers that we've seen in the last twenty some odd years. Please, WWE, don't screw this up. Anyway. With that being said, as I mentioned before, the Rit is joining us right now. Look at you. You in a collared shirt. That's not something you see every day. Look at you. Hey, hey, Freeland. Yeah. When you got a guest of the caliber we have, you have to step up your game and look presentable when he's on screen with you. You know, this you can't just come in come in with a five dollar t shirt, a hand me down. You you, you gotta go collar. You know, I, I had a, I broke out the good watch. Oh, you got the, the watch, watch on. Look at you. The good watch. Damn. You know. You got your so beard good. looking good. Look at you. I saw man. you with that, that that man manly straight iron or whatever the hell that thing is that you got. That that comb oh, that heats up. My, That's nice. My beard's my beard straightener. Can I still man. say can I still say on fleek? Or is that is that out? Is that not on on unfortunately, spot? Unfortunately, you gotta be at least twenty five to say that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, just wanted to run it past you. You know, the worst question is the one you don't ask. So exactly. But and speak. Speaking of ahead. a big. Speaking of a big guest, it's 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 Darius Carter, and and this whoa, is whoa, a big whoa. deal. I hate to cut you off here. This is Darius Carter. This is the All Father. This is the debonair millionaire. Oh. This is the man who does not discriminate. He doesn't care if you're a man, woman, child, referee, guy in the front row, podcast announcer. He will put boots to faces. This is wrestling's richest prize, Darius Carter. Rit, I was, you know, it's not very often I get caught off guard, but when you you told me that this was a big deal, and that I need to get my you-know-what together. You weren't kidding. Why would I kid? I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I should this ever man, doubt you again. This man, I've known him since 2011. He's come a long way. He's not only grabbed the brass ring, he is the brass ring in professional wrestling. I, then then what am I doing? I'm a being a schmo. We should bring this guy on right now. Should we do it? Ladies and gentlemen, he is... 
the future of professional wrestling. Well, hell, he's the current, the future, the be-all, end-all. He's the best-looking man on this show tonight. Well, let's be honest. He's probably the best-looking man wherever he goes. This name is Darius Carter. Darius Wow. Look uh, at this man. <laughs> what a magnificent introduction, a, a, a wonderful video showcasing my excellence. I, I am glad to be here. And most of all, I know that you're glad to have me here. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it, it's our pleasure. And we are in the midst of greatness, my friend. So I tell you what. You tell us how it goes. We are nothing but your simple servants tonight. Oh, that's that's the way of life. That's the way that it is. I didn't write it this way. It's the way that was written. And uh, Rick, I wanted to say hello to you. It's been so long, so very long. And he's right from 2011. And I started training in 2008. So it wasn't long after I had really stepped my foot in the door. So he's been there uh, to kind of oversee what's been going on with me and the progress that I've made, the change wink wink that I've uh, brought about so I'm excited to be here I'm glad to be here and I'm happy to make sure make the world know uh, of my name of the all father's name and why you should be tuning in to everything that I do I was uh the writ gave me uh the Iggy and he said man you got to check out this library of matches and I literally sat down had myself a drinky drink and some popcorn and between that drew gulak and um I, Matt Riddle, I was watching matches on and everything. And it was just like a who's who. And I'm I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, self, why is this man not with an AEW? Why is this man not dominating NXT? You know what I mean? So I think we we need to find out. We need these questions answered because from what I've seen from you, my friend, with all due respect, you've got the charisma, you've got the confidence you got the in-ring talent to put it all together and it's so exciting to see you continue to thrive thank you and uh you know listen that's the question you get asked you get asked you know why aren't you here why aren't you there and obviously if you knew uh exactly why uh you know you would do something about it and even if you do know why maybe you're not uh in a particular position to do something about it or at the same time maybe things are working out the way they need to work out uh, I'm one of those people that believes, you know, it, it, the right things will happen at the right time. And I've endured. I've never stopped. I've never uh, taken a hiatus from professional wrestling. I never said, oh, this isn't for me and stopped wrestling for a year or two years or a half a year. I never took a break. Uh, and I was wrestling while I was going to college, while I was working, you know, so that all never stopped. I had to keep, you know, I'm going from class to training to back to, to study. I mean, this was my life. Uh, and people don't know that about me because I don't broadcast it, but I, I've hustled to make this happen. Uh, I've made uh, a dream that I had a, a legitimate reality and I'm living it every day. I'm living it every month. And, you know, if it takes me a little bit longer because I'm doing it my way, then doing it some other way that gets me there quicker, I, I'm going to do it my way. And, and I'm going to be undeniable. I will be uh, irrefutable and I will have my time. And I, and I know, and, and I believe that I know that in my heart, I know that in my mind, and I just have to continue to apply myself. You know, Darius, uh, we're on a first name basis, right? Oh, of course. Uh, I, I can call you Darius. <laughs> you uh, and I can be on a first name basis. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure, you know, Darius, 
You know, you sit there and people ask you, why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? But why aren't they asking you, why are you at the top of here? Why are you at the top of there? You know, you anywhere you go, I see you, you know, capturing that gold. You know, elevating the roster, elevating shows, selling tickets. You know, why are people asking you that? You know what it is? It's, I think sometimes people want to want to see you in a particular place so much that sometimes they forget uh, to realize where you are now. Uh, and, and it's not like I'm not anywhere. It's not like I'm just wrestling at podunk shows. It's not like I'm not uh, featured regularly on Fight TV, on IWTV. Uh, you know, you could even on Facebook pages that are running these uh, these accounts, these uh, the indie wrestling accounts. You've been seeing me on there as well with Camp Leapfrog. Uh, so it's not like I'm not doing anything. It's not like moves aren't being made. And it's not like I'm not holding a championship for Pro Wrestling Magic, which now uh, will be on IWTV. They were on Fight TV. So again, uh, continuing to upgrade to help brands elevate. Uh, and, and that's what I'm here to do. And, and I think it, it takes, it doesn't take the, the sharpest eye to see this. You can, you can see this with the naked eye. You can see this uh, pretty clearly, and it's up to you to interpret it how you want to interpret it. But you see that I'm uh, at Pro Wrestling Magic. You see that I'm holding a championship there. And next thing you know, you know, IWTV. I mean, these things uh, aren't a coincidence. And I'm not saying that I'm the only reason, uh, but I'm saying that I'm a contributing factor because I show up there every time that they need me. I'm there for every taping. I'm one of the last people, if not the last person to leave. I may not be the first to get there, but I'm always among the last to leave uh, in everything that they need. Promos, pictures, of course, the in-ring match. You're going to get that, of course. But, but anything that they need um, uh, in the locker room to help elevate the show and to get my name out there, to get the show's name out there. That's the type of person I am. It's not just about what you do in the ring. It's about what you do outside of the ring. It's about the business that you conduct. And I've always considered myself a very good and strong businessman in this business. And that may scare people because they don't know me, or maybe I don't have someone's name behind me um, as you know, to, to, to push me along. But if you talk to me, you know that I'm about it and I'm here to make things work and I'm here for the best of the business. So to me, again, it's like the watch. It's a matter of time. And I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. And that's it. Well, it's a it's a who's who of where you have been champion and held gold. Uh, Ace Diamond champion, tier one, a PWM, a BCW. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean. Uh, many people look at Kenny Omega and say he's the, the belt collector, my friend, but, but you've been doing this way before Kenny started doing it. And I feel like it's one of these things where you got to pay homage to people who've done it before. You, Ultimo Dragon, there's a very short list of people who can do that. And my friend, you're doing it not only in one promotion, but you're doing it all over. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, listen, to, you know, to even be mentioned among that company, but uh, that's that's the hustle that I that I have. Like I said, you know, 16 championships I've held in my career, uh, and I've been wrestling uh, over 11 years. So to be able to not just hold, you know, I don't just, I'm not a title holder. When I, when I am a champion, I'm there to build the company. I'm not there to just, you know, take pictures with it and post pictures on Instagram. I'm there to seriously help boost your brand. There is trust in me to to bring you to the next level when that championship is bestowed 
and I have a job to do, uh, and I do that job very efficiently and very well and with care. I care about this. I love this, and it's evident in any uh, piece of work that I'm putting out there. If you listen to a promo of mine, you can tell uh, my passion. If you see my wrestling work, you can see the passion. I don't have to sit here and explain it to you. I don't have to sit here and tell it to you because you can go and watch it yourself. But I'm here for this business. And listen, if you're not, I can detect it and I may call it out and it may get me uh, a little bit of heat or a little bit of flack. But I, I, I'm real to this uh, and I and I'm going to do what I have to do to get to where I need to get to. I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to acquiesce to uh, uh, I'm not going to fit into somebody's box because they want me to fit there. You know, I'm not going to be something that isn't me because what. Because I have been able to get this far because I've been myself, because I've been true to myself. People tell me in the in the backstage, they tell me behind the scenes, they say, listen, we see what's going on. Just don't change. You know, don't who you are, like stay who you are. And I hear that all the time. And that's somebody that's I've always been. I've ne it's never been a question. But to continually hear that, especially now, as I'm continuing to ascend, it, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I feel it. Uh, I can smell it in the air. I can waft it in. And, and that's what I'm about. You know, a lot of other people try to hang their hat on on coat racks that aren't theirs. You know, I want my own uh, legitimacy. I only want to get there through my own legitimacy. I don't want to ride someone's coattails. I don't want to uh, have been pushed into an opportunity by somebody. I will. I'll do what I have to do. Darius Carter will get there and you'll appreciate it a lot more. Uh, when when I get there the way that I got there. You know, Darius, people sit there and say your style is a mix between Nick Botwinkle and Lord Steven Regal. That, those are great, great mat technicians. So, well, how'd you come about the style of, you know, that's what you want to do in the ring? I, I've always... I, I've always been uh, like privy to detail. I always like the little things. Uh, and I think as you get older as a person and as somebody that's wrestling. So it's, it's, it's two different maturities, right? It's a maturity in the business and it's a maturity um, as a human being, as the actual person behind it. And I think as I continue to grow, uh, you know, in this, I, I, I was interested in different things. I was interested in how uh, the person was get, grabbing somebody, how you'd grab an ankle, how you'd grab a foot, how you would grab a hand, how you'd grab a wrist, the neck, why you're doing certain things that you do. And the European style really caught on to me um, as I was, was growing uh, because it was always so precise. I mean, I remember Regal in WCW. I mean, he could he'd wrestle Goldberg and or he could wrestle anybody and nobody would ever blow through this guy. And, you know, he'd wrestle Sting, he'd wrestle Randy Savage, and sure, Regal wasn't the world champ, he wasn't quote-unquote at the top of the card, but he was always holding his own against people that you would think you were trained to be thought that they would go through him. You would think that Randy Savage would maybe get through him in four or five minutes, but that's not the case. Regal would give you a hard, rough match no matter who you were and that always kind of stuck with me fit finley watching him and, and booker t uh you know that was the those were the aspects of wcw that captured me with, with those types of wrestlers and that type of style uh and i feel like i got to grow up during that era of seeing both the wwf and wcw right on prime time 
Um, you know, so I was as I was doing that and, and watching the old school wrestling as well, because my uh, great grandmother was who had really kind of brought me up onto this. She was such an, uh, an old school uh, uh, wrestling fan. She would watch the NWA and AWA. So that was also introduced to me. So I'm kind of like an amalgamation of these things, like bringing them all together uh, in my own way is what I, I try to do. So I do try to, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate of the old school, but it's with a modern touch. It does have some of those nuances of the present that are like, oh, you know, look at that. Um, and, and that's what I loved. I loved, I, I really grew into uh, li uh, the ligaments and bending the bones and bending the joints uh, because you can do that to anybody. You can be a giant, you can be a, a cruiserweight, you could be a high flyer. If I twist your ankle, I'm twisting your ankle. And it's a style that felt very realistic to me. As I watched it on TV, it always looked very realistic to me. And that just became part of my offense. At some point I was, I cared less about doing moves and I cared more about how I, how I'd work you over, how I'd grab you or how I'd make you feel pain, how many different ways I can do that. Uh, and that type of creativity never ends. It's a, you never reach a certain point and stop learning. There's so many different ways to, uh, to, to maneuver somebody the way you want to maneuver them. There's so many different ways to control the human body, and I'm fascinated by that. And that's what my ring style is. It's just finding a way to pick you apart. No matter how big you are, I can make you crawl, and that's the whole point of it. Let me ask you this. When it comes to your work ethic, as obviously you have a very strong work ethic, and it seems like you're very dedicated to your craft. Where did that all kind of come from? I mean, obviously a lot of us hear about you know when you were trained. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Who was the one who trained you um, and what was kind of a work ethic was instilled in you early on? So I was trained uh, in November of 2008. Uh, this was a BWO Body Slam Wrestling Organization. Um, and I know uh, Rick, that kind of helped get me over uh, to PA and to seeing you was through Richie Rotten um, and then preacher Phineas James. Um, so the funny thing about that is uh, 2008 was my 18th year. So there was a lot going on that year. And uh, I went straight into uh, college. Uh, so at September of 2008, I went into college. And then two months later, I start training to become a professional wrestler. So literally my entire college tenure, I was also training to be a professional wrestler. And wow. again, that's not something everybody knew about me. So like I said, I would go to classes and then I would go straight to training and come back and be studying. And then I'd do the test and then I'd go to training and then I'd go to work. I mean, this was my life. And the, the college and wrestling were literally ingrained. Those were both shared experiences. Uh, and, and it's different. And it's a life that I would never, uh, I wouldn't trade for anything. I've, I, I've lived a very charmed life. And um, I, my mother really helped instill that in me, um, that, uh, that not that hard nose, but that you have to handle your own business. No one's going to handle it for you. Uh, I never expected anything to be laid out for me. Um, and I, and I was an only child, so you would think, okay, spoiled or what have you. But I mean, I, I, I'm, I was my mother's son, but I had to earn things on my own. I had to go out there and get my job, my first job when I was 16 on my birthday. You know, I actually went for the job interview two weeks before I turned uh, 16. And then on my 16th birthday, it was when I, I started working. So that was the type of um, uh, 
instillment. Uh, that was the type of uh, the path that my mother wanted me to go down. Um, you know, and, and she and, and it's something that always stuck with me. I've always been someone who's hardworking, who's consistent, who has to keep their hands uh, in motion. I'm not really an idle hands type of guy. I'm not someone that you'll ever hear say I'm bored. Oh, I, I'm not, I don't think that I've ever said that in any type of conversation ever. I'm never bored. There's always something to do. Um, and I'm, I'm just I just enjoy the hustle. I love the life. Um, I loved uh, going to the UK uh, in 2017 and 2018 for two wrestling tours. The first was a week. The second was two weeks with LDN and getting, you know, getting to go, OK, a hotel and then wake up. Uh, travel to the venue, set up the ring, wrestle, take the ring down, meet and greet. Uh, you know, now we go out, we go to eat, we go back, we watch some tape, we fall asleep, we wake up, we do it all over again. Uh, you go to the hotel, you come back. Like, I like that uh, that type of lifestyle. I, I don't have uh, a wife. Uh, I don't have kids. So it's just me. So I'm fully focused and uh, dedicated to the hustle that I've I've had. And you don't really you don't really think about how much you're hustling or moving until people say it to you. They're like Darius, man, like you know, you get any sleep? Like what do you? And it's like it's so ingrained in me to be this way uh, that I've never even really thought twice about it. You know, it's just part of who I am. It's just to to hustle and to keep moving and to just always that your energy is constant. Your energy is flowing. Energy can't sit still. It has to uh, uh, go uh, into and return unto. Um, so I feel like I'm always in constant flux and, and, uh, and it's just a beautiful way. It's just a beautiful way to live. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm charmed to live this way. I know a lot of people have different types of experiences and, and, and suffer in different ways. And for me, I have to always keep going no matter what the pandemic hits. I continue to work. I continue to wrestle. I, I, there was no way anything was stopping me. Uh, if I have to get tests, I'll get tests. If I have to get tested, before every event, uh, you know, I will do that. I've been doing that. I've gotten tested in, in a tremendous amount of times, and I'll continue to get tested if that's what I need to do to do what I love. That's not even a second second thought to me. You know, some people, oh, you know, this is getting a little much. I'll do what I have to do to keep wrestling. Well, well Darius, 13 years you've been in the business. Am I correct? This is your 13th uh, year? So I'm coming on 12. Um, so because 2008, remember was when I started training and then my first match was, uh, was April of 2009. So I'm coming on to 12 now. Okay. So 12 years in the business, you know, and this year was a big year for you. PWI. There's your name. WrestleMania weekend. There you were. Tell us, tell us about your, your, your travels down there at WrestleMania weekend for the first time. Yeah, so um, this weekend was was it, it was nice to actually return to this because I actually did a uh, WrestleMania weekend uh, back in 2017, uh, or WrestleMania week, um, and I had gone down to Florida as well, but it was different places in Florida because they were more Orlando. Here was more Tampa. Uh, so this time, I mean, I was four years better. Um, and wrestling for, even though I didn't wrestle as many times as I did in 2017, I definitely wrestled for bigger promotions, um, you know, with all due respect to 2017. Um, but in, in, you know, this year I was able to do GCW. I debuted on GCW, uh, for the, 
uh, Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal hosted by Faye Jackson. I came out in a full-on uh, three-piece gray, uh, gray suit, no sweatpants. <laughs> I had the scarf. I was styling and profiling as I always and naturally do. Uh, the matching watch. I mean, you know, it, it's not cheap to live this way. And I don't sell merchandise, so I, I you know, I have to, I have to do what I have to do. You know, I, I you know, to work. Uh, and to get to where I am. So, and, and to have this presentation and to be uh, Darius Carter, uh, to be this worldly figure that's really kind of uh, encapsulated to the indie, to the indie scene, to the independent scene. Um, there's so much, I, I know, I know, like I said, I know uh, uh, my time will come, but I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the, uh, every bit of it, every, every blade of grass that I get to water and make uh, better, or help live longer, which is what I'm hopefully getting to do with these promotions like Pro Wrestling Magic and Warriors. Uh, I was Warriors of Wrestling champion that, and holding them through the pandemic. They were really um, the first promotion that I was able to when the pandemic happened back in March. They're really the, the only place uh, that was uh, functioning. So I was there every single month. I won the heavyweight championship back and then we were just doing studio tapings. Uh, and that was really the only, but the only work we were able to get in the beginning. But it was still work, and that's what I mean. You got to find it. If you want to wrestle bad enough, you can find a place that will get you to wrestle. And we, we we got tested. We had to get tested before each occasion, so it was not like it was some uh, underground situation. It was 100% professional, 100% legitimate. We saw the results, and, and I had to go and I had to go out there, you know, every month as the champion now, and to get you to talk about warriors during this pandemic. Um, so it was a great challenge. It was also something that I feel is kind of part of me and I'm so used to doing that, not to um, sound that way, but I feel like I've kind of been putting promotions on for a while. I really feel like since 2015, 2016 was where I really got to elevate to that level where I was able to really put places, uh, help elevate them now. You know, places like uh, Beyond Wrestling, places like uh, Warriors of Wrestling, places like uh, BCW, where I'm now the heavyweight champion for uh, coming on 950 days. Uh, we had a show in Atlantic City, and I wrestled JTG back in August. Uh, I'm sorry, early September, September 5th. So, I mean, again, things are happening. You have to be in the right place, but you have to find it too. You know, you can't ever rest. You can't ever stop. Um, and I'm always looking for that next thing. I'm always uh, uh, targeting that next uh, success. And, you know, to me, you know, I have my end goal, but that end goal can come when it comes. I'm 30, you know, I'm 30, I'm about to turn 31 um, on July 10th. Um, I'm spry. I'm at my best. And I, I'm not even going to say that I, I don't even, I can't even say that I've reached my peak because who I, who knows what my peak even is? Who knows if I have a peak? Um, but I, I feel like I'm just on, I don't know, I just feel like I'm on fire. With the, on the mic, in the ring, I feel like you could put me in any situation. I'm adaptable, and I'm ready, and I'm prepared, um, and excited, and, and just with foresight. I just, I see what's, I see the future, and, and I see where things are going to go, and I feel like I'm contributing in my own way as it is, but Oh, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, Darius, 
you know, you say, say if you're, if there's wrestling out there, you want it, you find it. And I love that about you, you know, what was it this past year? I sat there and I was watching a little, a little tweet of yours at a show. And all of a sudden, you know, I want hashtag boots the faces because you <laughs> may you do not discriminate. You this past year, past two years have put intergender wrestling back on the map. You're willing to get in there with anybody. You've been in there with some greats. The current uh, Impact Women's Champion. You know, you were in the you were in the ring with her. You know, you don't care. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, intergender wrestling, you know, your love for it, you know, how you do not discriminate. Boost the faces. Listen, if you want to be the best professional wrestler in the world, if you want to rank among the true upper echelon of pro wrestlers, you have to face women too. If you're a man, I, I just, that's just how I feel. I feel like at some point, because some of the best wrestlers in the world are women, you better believe it. I mean, you could talk to uh, someone who I hold in the utmost highest regard, who, you know, is in NXT UK now is Mako Satamora. You try to compare, there's not a lot of people that you can even compare, let alone say, oh, this person is better. Mako Satamora is, is stupendous with her ring work. Uh, and that's somebody that, you know, I, I like to, to watch. Um, you know, but when we talk about people that I faced, we talk about Sue Young, uh, who was one of uh, one of my favorite matches, male or female uh, or non-binary, non-binary, no, no matter what your uh, uh, race, creed, uh, gender. I mean, it's all about ability. It's all about the art that you can paint. Uh, and if you're great, you're great. It doesn't matter where you come from or, or what you look like. And I think that's really where wrestling is getting to now. I feel like there was a lot of, there were a lot of blockades. There were a lot of, you know, locked off rooms. And I feel like now things are opening up so much. Why wouldn't I want to face those people? You know, why wouldn't I want to show you that Darius Carter can be in the ring with anybody? I can be in the ring again with a man, with a woman, with someone that is non-binary. I can be in the ring with anyone at any particular situation. There are times where they want me to wrestle authority figures. They want me to wrestle the promoter because that's the way that things are going. I, anybody, anybody. And again, some of the best women's wrestlers, Sue Young, uh, uh, Kimberly, Holiday, uh, Soraya Knight. All Jordan Grace. The, yes, people, women that I've had the pleasure of being in the ring with um, and, and having some of the best matches that I've had. Um, it, 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 to me, if you're having an, if, listen, if you're, if you're having an intergender event, okay. And I am not at that event. I am not on that event. I'm wondering what's going on because that is where that is something. And it's not that I focused my career on that. It's not that I was even particularly targeting that. It was just, I was open to do it. Uh, whereas a lot of people maybe weren't or were hesitant because they didn't want a girl to beat them up or didn't want to look on or, or whatever people uh, generate in their own mind to cease from creating greater art. Uh, for me, I'm like, you know, if you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler. You trained. I trained. You have a background. I have a background. You've won titles. I've won titles. I mean, you're a wrestler. You are a professional wrestler. So if I hit you. You should be able to take it. 
If you're if you're a 12 year old, but you're cleared to be a wrestler, you're getting kicked in the face. If you're a woman and you're a wrestler, you're getting you're getting chopped in the throat. And if you're a, a man that wants to be a wrestler, I don't care if you went to the deli, if you work at a deli, I don't care what you do. If you uh, are are in the ring and you're wearing gear and you're cleared to be a wrestler and you stand on the opposite side of that squared circle against me, you are getting kicked in the face and that's the business that i work baby and it's good it's good darius let me ask you a question what do you feel like looking back when you first started as opposed to the people that are breaking into the business now what's something they're lacking that you feel like man you better get it quick or you're gonna lose it and that's and that's a good question and i i I think it's I, i think it's almost patience uh, it's, it's patience. And I don't just mean angst. I don't just mean like, Oh, I gotta have it now. I mean, like really taking your time to understand what you're doing. Um, and to be given the time to stop and reflect on what you're doing. I think there's just so much, uh, and it's just part of culture. It's not just wrestling. It's part of life. I feel like so much of life now is about you know, living and fast forward. It's about speeding through things and moving through things and getting to the end as quick as you can. It's like, but if you know how it already ends, why are you racing to get there? You know, why, why, why aren't you enjoying every bit of it? I mean, listen, if I know that I, at some point I'm going to be on TV, why do I have to rush my way there? Why do I have to cut corners and, 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 and take shortcuts and cheat people or ride a coattail or politic? Why do I have to do something to get ahead? Why, why can't I have the confidence in myself to know that one day my time will come, but let me just ride while I can. Let me do everything I can while I'm here. I enjoy wrestling where I'm wrestling. It's not like I don't enjoy everything that I'm doing. I'm not miserable waiting to be on TV. I love wrestling for Pro Wrestling Magic, for Warriors of Wrestling, for Camp Leapfrog, for all the places that I'm able to compete at and to make better. I love being on IWTV. I love being on Fight TV. I love being on Title Match Network. I love being on all these places and getting my face showcased. What is wrong with the building process? I feel like a lot of guys now and and, and a lot of people now, it's just got to be quick. You got to get there. Guys get to TV after being in wrestling for a year, two years. And and it's just like, and it's not that that's a particular bad thing, but you have to go through a process. You have to, you don't want to get pushed and shoved so quickly that the fall hurts so much more. You, you, you want to be able to build and to manifest. And I feel like I've created such a, like, I feel like I have padding. I feel like there's no way I can fall that I'm not prepared to get up, if that makes sense. Because I've been through it for a while. You know, I've been through it and I've seen people go through it and I learn from other people. I don't have to particularly go through what you went through to learn from you. And I think that's another thing that is just lacking. I feel like some people just don't learn until it happens to them. You tell them 10 times, they don't listen, then they get burned. For me, if I see someone get burned bad enough I, doing something, I know I don't have to do that thing. I'm not so arrogant to say, well, that happened to them, it won't happen to me. You know, I, I'm smart like that, and I feel like that's allowed me to uh, stay the course, to not get injured, knock on wood, um, to remain consistent, um, and to be a, a driving force. 
you know, wherever I'm at. I, I think that's very important. And I wish that a lot of wrestlers nowadays took the time to take their time. Well, Darius, you've been in the locker room with plenty of, of names that have been to the big time, you know. Do you I've think we could – oh, oh, many of them, many of them. crazy to think about. Do you sit there and think that you could give the viewers and listeners a little tidbit of advice some of these guys give you? Yeah. Um, they, you listen, people, and, and it's, it sounds kind of cliche or it, sound, um, it kind of sounds uh, um, kind of streamlined, but you got to listen to who it's coming from and, and what it means. You know, people get in there. It, it's one thing to get advice from someone before you wrestle them. It's another to get it from afterwards. I think that's something very important. You can come up and ask, you know, you have Damian Sandow that you're going to be wrestling on the card, which, you know, which I had the privilege of doing. I can ask him something before the match. And then if I ask him something after, I know it's going to be a different answer because he's been in the ring with me. He's experienced me. He's felt me. Now he knows me better, you know, to where he can give me particular advice and maybe not just general advice that Damian Sandow would give, um, or normal advice that Jinder Mahal would give, or uh, Elijah Burke, um, you know, EC3. Um, they all give different advice in their own ways, but a lot of it kind of comes to the core of of being yourself and not uh, trying to be something, but being it. You know, I'm not going out there trying to particularly get your booze. I'm just being myself and generating um that reaction. I think that's very important. Generating instead of trying to, uh, uh, you know, you build off of something that's not real. Um, I think that's um, emotion. Work the emotion. Pay attention to the crowd. And whenever I hear that type of compliment where someone says to me, hey, look, I like how you did that. I like how you paid attention to the crowd. I like how you, you know, did things like that. That sticks with me. Um, so I've gotten timeless advice. Uh, from and it's it's really kind of awesome to think about, you know, to to say here I am, and having to I, I really got to even if it was for a few minutes, I got to sit under a learning tree of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You know, this man literally, you know, was there at a Warriors of Wrestling taping, uh, Warriors of Wrestling show. There were two nights of Warriors of Wrestling, a Friday and a Saturday, and he was there for both. Um, you know, doing a meet and greet thing, but he watched all the matches, and you know, for him to pull me aside and said, "Hey, you know, I saw that tag match you had." And he gave me some advice for it. Um, and then, you know, going into my singles match where the, on that Saturday where I was just, you know, even more amped, you know, just for him to even talk to me and to pull me aside. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who was one half of my, you know, my favorite feud uh, and my favorite matches uh, with Ric Flair uh, in, in 1989. So, <laughs> you know, Chi-Town Rumble, Clash of Champions and Wrestle War. That was my those are my three matches. So. For Ricky the Dragon to even to be talking to me to give me advice, for Norman Smiley to have given me uh, some of the advice and to put some holds on me and to show me some maneuvers um, and, and to because he watched my match with Holiday at Warriors of Wrestling back in uh, 2018. So you got to stop and appreciate those things. You can't ever think you're beyond it. You can't ever think that you're better than it. You, you have to realize that these people have traveled the world and they're taking the time to talk to you and to give you advice. I, every bit of it, every bit of it is in here. And, and it's all about uh, putting it into the best package possible. 
It's all about using every bit of information I've ever received to create the supercomputer that is Darius Carter. Well, well, Darius, we went one way of what advice has been given to you. Do you ever sit there and see some of the uh, the newer guys on cards? You know, talk to them. Hey, you know, well, why'd you do this? You know, the, you know, why'd you do that? How'd you get to you know to this move? You, do you ever sit there and give advice to other people? Absolutely, no, and that, and that's what's funny enough is I feel like, and that's why I feel like this has been uh, the best year of my career so far, and that's how it should be. You know, I felt like that in 2020. I felt like 2020 was my best. I feel like now 2021 is my best, um, and I've really been feeling that way ever since. You know, again, 2014, 2015, where I really started to, I feel, um, discover, truly discover myself and to dig through the rough to get to the diamond inside. Um, I love to uh, to teach where I can and to help kind of educate and give some and shed light and give some ideas because it just makes you better. You know, sometimes you need to hear yourself say it to really. Uh, not to really grasp it. And I know that sounds, again, kind of uh, uh, cliche, but if it just stays in your mind, it's in your mind. Putting it into words adds its power to it. Putting it into practice adds power to it. So to be able to go to a training session, say at a Warriors of Wrestling, and to be with these students of different experiences and to help give them knowledge, it, it helps me, you know, it helps me grow because it's kind of like I'm able to help manifest people. And that's what my what I want to do. That's what I'm looking to do in the ring. I'm looking to help make you better. I'm helping to I'm looking to help elevate your game. Sure, I want to look as good as I can, but I want you to say to everyone, like, look, like Darius, listen, and at that guy, I know I'm good in a, in a ring with him. And I know I might I might get a few licks. I might get hit a little bit. I might get kicked in the face. You know, it might the, the wrestling may be rough because that's the business, but you come out of it better. You come out of it feeling like you were engaged, like you wrestled a match in real time, like you wrestled listening to the crowd in front of a crowd. Emotions. That's what this is about. It's not just motion. It's emotion. And uh, that that oh, man, it's just even just talking about it. Um, that's why I feel uh wrestling needs i feel like you know people that are veterans or people that have experience listen if you're watching the matches go tell somebody you know sometimes you see people watch a match and then they don't go back and talk to them and i'm like oh well i don't know i'm not saying i'm gonna go to everyone and talk to them i'm not trying to be, i'm not that person but if you ask me what to watch a match or if you ask what my thought is i'm going to have one and i'm appreciative that you'd even come to ask me um, and it's nice to be asked. I, I'm, I've, I'm at the point where people will ask me. And it, it's it's beneficial to everyone because it's beneficial to you to get an answer. And it's beneficial to me because it's only building my confidence and, uh, and it's only building um, upon my knowledge of, of this sport and saying, look, I know, like, I'm at a place where people can learn from me. That means that I'm elevating. That means that I'm getting to where I need to be. Um, it's validation. It's vindication. So I wish more locker rooms were doing that. And I feel like that is happening. I'm not going to say that it's not happening. Um, but on the younger side, the younger wrestlers, they need to not be afraid. You have to ask people. You have to, you know, if you see someone in a locker room, hover around them or, or go talk to them. You know, I don't want to say hover around them, like annoy them. But if you're, you know, go say hi. If you if you're a little scared, 
you know, watch someone else interact and listen. You know, uh, William Regal was at a um, this was in 2016. He was at a tier one wrestling event and they were kind of opening for Evolve. We were the show before Evolve. And Regal would give advice to people's matches in the locker room. He didn't get to see my match because, of course, by the grace of God, uh, I was match one with Fred Yehi and William Regal arrives right before match two. So I was the only match he actually didn't see that day. And I'm, I mean, that's just the luck of it. I mean, and William Regal is like is, is, is my person. That's my guy. So anything he could have said, he could have totally destroyed the match and ripped it apart. And I would have it would have been a OK to me because I would have went back home and learned everything I uh, learned from everything that he said to me. Um, and I feel like me and Fred not really kind of put in some work that match. So I would have loved to think of what he thought. But the point that I'm making is that he would give all these advices to pe- the, uh, all this advice to people in the back, all these different um, suggestions all these different ideas. I mean, Regal was really watching their matches. It wasn't passive. It was, he was invested. Um, And to hear him giving the advice, that was enough for me. You know, like I was winning. I was learning from what he was saying to other people. When he was telling certain people, oh, you know, why would you sell this way when you get hit this way? You know, open yourself up, you know, and, and really feed for your opponent and real like little things like that stuck with me. And maybe it stuck with me more than it stuck with the people he was telling it to. But the wrestling locker room is a luxury because there's so much talent or should be enough talent where you can listen and learn. And you may not even have to speak to them. You can just listen to conversation and you can pick up on things. And as you get up in the wrestling business and you're sitting in locker rooms like a WWE locker room, an AEW locker room, what does your mouth need to be running for if your ears working? I, I want to listen. I want to hear what's going on. I want to. I want to listen to the top people talking to the top people because that's where you want to be. You know, what are you going to say that's more important than the things that you can listen to? Uh, that's my type of knowledge, uh, and and that's what I again another suggestion for young people, man. It's just just listen. Uh, you got to eat a lot of crow, and I've had a, people tell me, please. I've basically had my face against the wall with people throwing a dart looking to end me you know i've basically you might as well try and and put me out to it you know across me out to a t i mean people have come for me and how do you withstand that by conviction by staying true to yourself and you really got to look at yourself and say look am i that person no i know i'm not that person so i don't have the energy to feed that stuff because I have to use that energy to propel myself. So when people were coming for me, I use that as a platform instead of using it as a, a deteriorator. And that's the point. Motivation versus deterioration. You can let people get to you or you can be so good that you get to people. And that's what I what I decided to do was to stay that course. I'll get to you. You know what I mean? If you feel a certain way about me, that's your feeling. That doesn't mean I feel that way about you. And I think that's something... We need to put out there. You know, you can feel a a way. It doesn't mean I feel the same. And I I hope that there's less assuming in pro wrestling and more actual pursuit of knowledge because that's where this business can prosper. That's where we grow. You had mentioned before about, you know, intergender wrestling and, you know, taking your game to another level and experiencing different aspects of wrestling and being able to adjust with that succeed in that and grow 
Well, I've seen on the old resume here, as I've, I've looked at it here, GCW and CZW. Now, Darius, you're, you're too good looking of a man to get yourself all messed up with that barbed wire and the thumbtacks. So I guess a question I would have is, A, why and how did those opportunities present themselves? I think we've all watched the recent documentary on Nick Gage. Um, and I, I watched it and I saw that there is there's a tournament, a death match tournament. And I want to say it's is it in Jersey or is it in Pennsylvania, one of the two areas. Mm-hmm. But I just I just don't understand. So maybe you can help me understand what drew you to a CZW and a GCW when most people would say, Man, this guy, he's a he's much more than than that, not to put it down, but it's just it's very niche. And just what kind of took you in that direction? Honestly, it's about versatility and uh, about name value as well. Uh, I just want and, and if you've really been paying attention to my career over this past year, you'll see that I've been wrestling in so many different environments. Um, there are times where I'm not wrestling in a ring. There were times like in Paris's bumping, I was wrestling in a bar. Uh, there were times like uh, at MV Young's uh, Polyam Cult Party 3, I was wrestling at the Poly Mansion in a backyard, suplexing Pinky Sanchez in a fire pit, you know, get, taking a body slam on a Jeep. Uh, so this is kind of part of me elevating my brand in that I'm showing you that I can do several different things. People have seen that I can do the technical wrestling. They've seen the brawling, but they haven't quite seen me in an environment that maybe is a little more daring, that is a little more risque like that. How would Darius Carter fare in a bar? Why would he wrestle in a bar? And if you watch the event, I explain exactly why. It's I'm not just there to be there. There's always a reason. I do articulate why I'm there. For me, if you are truly, and I, and I, don't, I don't like the term pro re- pure wrestler anymore as much anymore because I feel like it kind of gets overused. Even before it came back with Ring of Honor, it's just pure, pure, pure. But when you talk about the actual art of professional wrestling, if you are a truly great pro wrestler, if you are truly a master of this craft, you can be put in any circumstance at any time and you can prosper, Okay. You can be great. You can be in a. You can be wrestling someone who is a luchador. You can wrestle someone who is a deathmatch wrestler. It can be someone who is a heavyweight and only is throwing clubbering blows. I mean, if you want to be a top guy in this business, you have to be able to wrestle everyone. You have to. If you're going to be the champion, you're going to be put in the programs with certain people because of popularity, because of X or Y, and you have to be able to turn that into art. You can complain all you want. You can nag. You can whine. But guess what? You have a responsibility as the champion to be open to any and all opponents. And and I think that's something, again, a lot of people forget. They just want to be a champion. They just want to be a top guy, but they don't know what that means. They only want to wrestle one type of match. They only want to do it their way. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I don't always get to have the match that is in my head, the match that that I want. Sometimes you have to have the match that works best for both party. Well, you always should have that match that works best for, best 
for both parties. But what I'm saying is you have to sacrifice to put that piece together. You may not get this move in. You may not get this, this thing in that you've been dying to do. It doesn't fit in that match, so you don't do it. The, the story of the match is more important than anything else. And the emotion of the match, getting people invested to care is more important than what you actually do, uh, um, you know, to get them there uh, in terms of movements, in terms of uh, maneuvers. Um, so I, I feel like that's what needs to be kind of broadcast. And it needs to, if there's one thing about me, it's that it's about the sanctity and about the uh, uh, fundamentals of the business. Um, so if I can do a GCW. I can do uh, a CZW because I'm not trading myself in for someone I'm not. I'm not being uh, fake. I'm not being, uh, the, an, 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 you know, an opposite of how I present myself. I'm still Darius Carter. When Darius Carter shows up at GCW, you know what's going to happen. When Darius Carter shows up at CZW, you know what you're going to get. Um, and, and that's what it's about. I, I wanted to show that um, there's nothing outside of my reach. There's nothing uh, that Darius Carter can't do. There's uh, no button that I can't touch. That doesn't mean that I have to uh, go through glass or get hit with a light tube or go into a barbed wire uh, 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 bouncing pad. You know, um, a trampoline is the word I'm looking for. I don't need to have a, a, a weed whacker applied to my forehead. I mean, I can be in that environment and just me being there can get a reaction. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you have to know how to, you have to know the audience, you have to know how to work it, and you have to know how to present yourself to that art. You have to know what Darius Carter can bring to a, a GCW, and then you just press that gas pedal. You don't have to, you know, if you get flown out to Japan, you don't, they're not flying you out for you to be like them. They want you to be yourself in their environment. That's what people, you don't have to, uh, to mold yourself into what you think they want you to be. Be yourself in their environment. And that can shock them. That can be the shock that's like, whoa, Darius Carter is at GCW. What's going on? I don't have to go through a window. I don't have to do any of that because just me being there is like what's going on. That's the point. We talked about that. And you think about WWF, WCW, some of the biggest reactions were just people showing up at other shows. Here's Scott Hall, you know, Razor Ramon is at WCW. You know what I mean? Some of the biggest moments of the of the WWF, WCW feud were moments. They weren't matches. You know, and I think people forget the emotional, the everlasting emotional touch. That's what I'm here for. If I can be somewhere where you don't expect me to be, I already know I've grasped your emotion. And all I have to do is control that for the match or for whatever purpose I'm there for. Well, Darius, we like to do a little fun question. Oh, the, no. No, not the question. Yes. The, You're going to ask you, him the question? Oh, jeez. The question. Do, here do, do you mind if we, if we take the hair down, you know, Darius to the rip here? You absolutely can. Are you holding out on me? Is that what's going on? No, you... I'm not doing anything. But when Rich says let's let our hair down, I mean, I think it's a little. Uh, Rich, <laughs> you don't have hair. I mean, oh well. I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, Darius looks good, and put my turtleneck down if you'd like. <laughs> I got the growing good. forehead, but anyway, the floor <laughs> is yours, Rich. <laughs> Ask him okay. the. Oh God, Darius, I apologize. <laughs> I, 
the hot tub time machine. You can go back any match, any history, anywhere. Take somebody out and put yourself in that match. What oh. would it be and why? Wow. Oh, I've never been asked that question. If I could take someone else out and put myself in. Hold it. The Ritz, the, Ritz head, the, Ritz, the Ritz head's getting really big right now. I think uh, you're putting over his question really hard here. That's no, that's that's a good question. I mean, because that's so broad that that is it a match. I mean, are we talking about just in general? Like this could include like any promotion, anywhere, anything, any promotion, anywhere, anytime. Wow. And, 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 and Freeland. Yeah, I can call him Darius. You got to call him Mr. Carter. I apologize, Mr. Carter. I will sit here quietly and behave myself. Yeah, Please you know, continue. Listen, listen and, and, and again, a free, Freeland. <laughs> free, Freeland without an E, which is interesting. I don't know where that E went. Uh, but listen, I'm not, I don't want to hurt your feelings, man, but be careful now. I am Mr. Darius Carter. I'm not, uh, I'm not a plebeian. I'm not a commoner. I'm not a friend. Okay. I am Mr. Who? Mr. Carter. Oh, doesn't it feel good? Then your loins kind of tingle a little bit. Good for you. Anyway, Freeland, uh, listen, if it had to be any particular match, you know, I would probably want to go back to, huh, I probably want to go back to like a 2015, 2016 time where I was really kind of coming up because I think if I had that defining match there, it could have, changed everything for the years to come um so it, it's it's kind of uh wow that's a good question uh because i don't want to just sit here and put myself in a match against the undertaker at wrestlemania <laughs> something like that like i don't want to make it so like um i don't want to make it so grandiose in that scale because i feel like that's easy i feel like it, i could always say that it's hard to say um I, it's hard to say who I would take out and put myself in their position. That's a good question. That's hard to, that's hard to answer um, because I don't live on a, I don't really have regrets like that. And there's not a lot of matches that I'm like jealous of where I'm like, God, I wish that was, that was me. Um, uh, you know what? Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I'll come off the cuff here, I guess. Um, I would have really liked to have done a feud like how Orton had done with Mick Foley. In in 2004, I thought that was the way that he was spitting in his face, you know, and he had that veteran figure that was kind of molding him um, before your very eyes. And it really was part of parts of Orton that, you can see some of those shades again, like when Orton had that uh, match with uh, a backlash against Cactus Jack, you know, he took the barbed wire. He went into the thumbtacks. Foley didn't even go into the thumbtacks. Uh, and then years down the road, you see Orton wrestling Brock Lesnar and getting split open with his elbow. If you remember that match where, where Brock just cut him open hard way, I'm thinking back to backlash of 04. Um, I, I kind of wish, if anything, 
to, I guess to answer this question best, I wish I had kind of maybe done a match like that um, just so that I have already kind of gotten that. That's the only thing I haven't done yet. Um, and now I'm older and wiser, so I know it, I guess it would be a smarter match. But if I had done just one match like that, then I feel like my whole picture now would be even greater than it is. Because like I said, that's the one match I haven't had. I haven't had a match where I've gone uh, into thumbtacks or, uh, you know, had barbed wire run into my head. And I'm not saying that's my style. I'm not saying that I particularly that, – that's not something I would do – regularly that's just not my particular sort of art and that's okay because there are people that have that but if i just had that one match because orton only did it once and that's all he needed to really solidify his toughness and it made everything he did after that it added weight to that it added weight down the road to where Orton was 2009 Orton, where he was just straight bald and just punting people in the head. You can remember that Orton, when, when people would beat him up, you remembered that Orton could take a lot of punishment, you know, just because we've seen him go through that once before. That's all we needed is to see Orton go through the barbed wire once, to see him go into the thumbtacks once. We know that that man is legitimately dangerous. Uh, and, and that's that's one match. I guess that's the answer is uh, taking Orton's place and getting to wrestle Mick Foley because the, that that legend knowledge getting passed down is always the part of the business that is the best. To see a guy like The Undertaker go in there with a guy like AJ Styles, no matter if it's a boneyard match or not, still, you know, benefactor AJ Styles. That's the whole point. Mick Foley would wrestle guys like that and just get you to that next point. Undertaker, wrestle guys like that, get you to that next point. Triple H, get you to that next point. That's a part of the business that can never die or the business will die. We must always, always, when you get to that stature, give back. And I, you know, hope to be, you know, at that place 10 years, 20 years from now where I can still wrestle young guys and really give them something to sink their teeth into for the rest of their career. Not just a, oh, one month or one year. You will remember that match for the rest of your life. I will remember matches like that, uh, that Orton Foley match for the rest of my life. Triple H again. When Triple H wrestled Foley, you know, I could have easily said that too at Royal Rumble. That Triple H didn't have to do that match all the time, but you saw him do it. And then when you see him in the Hell in the Cell with Batista, it makes more sense. He looks more formidable. That's the whole point. Legitimacy, elevating your brand, making yourself undeniable. That's what I'm on my quest to do right now. Well, Mr. Carter, I tell you what, you have been uh, you've been the professor this evening. You have taken us all to school, and uh, my assignment will be turned in on your desk promptly tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., I, I think it's a joy. It's a joy to get to speak with people who are so passionate about wrestling and who take it very, very seriously and have a tremendous amount of respect for it. And I think you have shown that not only in your matches, but the way you speak, the way you carry yourself. I personally feel like the first 12 years is basically just getting started. Uh, the engine's revving up and the next 30 years is going to be something to see. Um, where can people follow you? What is all of the details on your upcoming appearances? Where can people follow you on social media? Give everybody the lowdown where they can follow Mr. Darius Carter. Absolutely. So you can see me on Facebook, 
Instagram and Twitter, all slash Mr. Darius Carter. Very easy. MR, then Darius Carter as displayed right there. Um, I actually did not point at it correctly, but I'm not going to try it again. Uh, so Mr. Darius Carter, um, you can find me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all of my uh, upcoming dates um, tend to be there. Well, uh, you have to be careful still with uh, CDC guidelines and everything like that. But I will say um, that every weekend, really through the middle of August, uh, Darius Carter has a, a wrestling event. Um, so there are some that I can announce, some that I can't. I can talk about um, this Saturday, the 29th, uh, Battle Club Pro brings you May the Franchise Reign finally back after the pandemic. Um, so they'll be running out of the Phil Sheridan building uh, in New Jersey, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Um, that's going to be a 16-person tournament. I'm in it. I'm in a fatal four-way match against Yaya, against O'Shea Edwards, and against Jesse Bonesaw Brooks, uh, and then uh, planning to win that tournament. Um, also, that same night, Pro Wrestling Magic will be airing that 70s part, I'm sorry, that 90s party, I'm about to say that 70s show, that <laughs> 90s party uh, will be airing at 7 p.m. on IWTV, making their IWTV debut, thanks to 131 days of your Pro Wrestling Magic Dark Arts champion, Mr. Darius Carter. You're welcome, PWM office, for plugging you consistently, constantly being the best on the roster. Um, so that will be airing 7 p.m. that 90s party and then i will be competing for battle club pro at that very same time um at 7 p.m um and then there's going to be shows throughout june uh you can look out for camp leapfrog look out for warriors of wrestling look out for pro wrestling magic yet again uh look out for some other new promotions uh that i'll be making uh, an appearance for uh july paris is bumping july 10th is my birthday paris is bumping i will be competing on my birthday. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. Uh, and then there's things coming up in August too. So uh, <laughs> just again, go to Facebook, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, get three tabs, put them side by side by side, control tab, shift over, do what you need to do to see Darius Carter on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the same time. And you'll see all the dates. That's tremendous. Uh, Rit, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, before we take this one home? Hey, Darius. Would you ever want to come back? I, I know Freeland's here, but, but for me. <laughs> a, a favorite for me, Darius. Would you ever come back in the future? Uh, listen, man. Never say never. Ha-ha! <laughs> Uh, no, for you, listen, and, and, and I've, and I've got to be, uh, I've really got to be honest with you. And, and you're one of the people that, you know, um, I wrestled for early and I know I was younger than, uh, I was different than, you know, when I was 20, you know, I was 21 at the time. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of, but I was again, still getting the hang of it. Um, and, and learning all these things about myself and about pro wrestling, um, so I appreciate you for sticking sticking it in through those years. Um, there, you and some other people of my past have come up to me and said, "Listen, man, like, you know, at, at this point in time, we made this decision, 
And if we're calling the spade a spade, and I appreciate that. We made this decision, and now I, I, I regret that, and I wish this didn't happen. I wish that. You know what I mean? And you have no idea how much that those things mean to me because I never hold people in contempt because that's what I was doing then. That was then, you know, and we were different people then. Um, and for you to uh, so freely and openly say those things to me and to so freely and openly support me through all these years, that holds uh, so much merit. That's so much value. Uh, and I'm appreciative of that. You know, I'm appreciative of the fact that you're here introducing me uh, to Freeland. Uh, to introducing me to this uh, to this podcast, uh, to the FRM podcast, to uh, on all these different uh, platforms. I saw all the places that were tagged on it and, and so many people that could be watching this uh, right now or in the future. So, you know, uh, listen, you know, it's not the book. Don't just read a book by the cover. Take Check out a few pages, read a chapter. And I promise you the story of Darius Carter is something that you will not put down. Uh, keep paying attention. Keep watching because sooner or later you uh, you may not have a choice. So uh, <laughs> learn to love it. Diamonds it's the are best forever. Thing going today, <laughs> and so is Mr. Ooh. Darius Carter, my friend. You are a gentleman and a scholar. We cannot thank you enough for coming on the show, and we will definitely talk to you down the road, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure, but even more than being my pleasure, as great as it was for me, it was even better for you. And I'm so grateful that I was able to gift you with the present of wrestling's richest prize. That is Mike work. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you, Darius. Be Take well. care. All right. All right, guys, that is the incomparable Mr. Darius Carter. That was so good, I need a cigarette. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to step out for a short break. Here, grab yourself a sandwich, maybe some snacks. You know, there's these things called pretzel chips, which uh, obviously I'm not supposed to be getting anywhere near carbs. But anyway, I digress. Don't go anywhere. Get yourself something to drink, something to eat. We're going to play the aforementioned unbelievable I'm too sexy commercial, but there's other commercials tonight as well. But you know what? We're going to play this one and we'll be right back for panel time. I hit the button. What happened? Wow. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan take it sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on 
sexy for my car. Too sexy for my car. Too sexy by far. And I'm too sexy for my hat. Too sexy for my hat. What do you think about that? Hold it. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the cowboy. Yeah, on the cowboy. On the cowboy. Yeah, I do my little Back to the program. This is Front Row Material Live. It is Tuesday night. My name is Mike Freeland, and of course, I am sitting in for the guys, but I am joined by the man who is always my right hand mind. He is the Adam Schefter of professional wrestling. He's always getting the job done, he's always making the deals, and he's always looking fresh like produce. His name is The Rit, buddy. We didn't get to chat a whole lot before we brought Darius on, but how you been? I, I'm doing good. And speaking of the, uh, you know, the podcast is Adam Schefter. Do we got a doozy for you next week? Oh, you got no idea, Phil. You better Ooh. hold on to your underwear. I'm woo. I tell you what, it's getting good, baby. Oh, man. Do, do we tell him now? Do we say it now or do we wait to the end of the show? Am I going to make it to the end of the show? I don't know. You you had a hard time keeping this together when we were on the phone. Folks, we're not bullshitting you here. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal. Man, I mean, it, next week could get a little dangerous. It could get dangerous. It could get violent, my friend. Um, mm, 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 mm. Tell, the panel on, wait, tell the panel on street. Oh, Guys, you guys just don't get it. There is the inner circle. Then there's the pinnacle. You gotta you guys gotta wait just like everybody else waits. You have to. Man, this thing gets heavy. It does. No wonder, no wonder I don't wear this a lot. Oh, I, I brought man. this out. I brought this out for Darius. Listen, when you're when you're kicking ass. And you're writing checks, and you're doing all this, this big stuff. I'm I'm looking at that man. That's heavy. That's like me on a bathroom scale, my friend. Do not mess around. Ooh, all right, let's 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 get to the let's get to our uh, our our dear friends here before uh, it becomes bedtime for some people, and they start falling asleep on us. But I uh, I rest my case. Coming in first, uh, he is the enigma. He is the man who's probably one of the most artistic individuals that we know. He is a mixture of Howard Stern and uh, Rush Limbaugh, if they had a a baby. 
and maybe a little G.G. Allen, if you know what that is. And if you don't, kids, do your homework. Come on. Don't be a schmo. I'm going to bring him in here. His name is Anton. What is going on, buddy? It's good to see you. Uh, been a fucked up ass week. Glad to be back as always. It's funny that you said GG because I have a GG on the punk vest. I'm about to retire and put in a shadow box. One of my best friends is who got me into him at 1314. He passed away last year. So the vest that he gave me at 1314 is about to be shadow boxed. I went to the liquor store and picked up some Seagram 7 American there whiskey. One half of a black tooth grin if you add some Crown Royal and some Coke. And uh, here to enjoy the show and experience some fuckery and uh, escape life because it's been a fucked up ass week. <laughs> well, I tell you, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> well, I'm talking like last Tuesday to this Tuesday. Oh, Monday okay. Tuesdays are my days off. Yeah, I, I had some shit happen last week. I couldn't fucking process until now. Needed some alone time because that's how I am. So, and, but I use this shit as an escape. Even last week when the shit started, still got on here and just like, nope, life's fine. Still doing that. Not in a bad way. Just life happens as it should it's all good well we are here for you and so is all of our uh, our chat homies and uh, oh i know that's that's why the fuck i show up <laughs> yes uh coming in next he's got a lot of kitchen parties uh he also plays in his basement and uh he makes some great coasters i tell you what coming live from his wife's digital virtual classroom he's the ass Take, man taking us to school each week man there he is there's the butt hello gentlemen Looking good. Well, is that a Brody Lee shirt that I see, my friend? It is a Brody Lee shirt. That, yes. my friend, is badass. Yep, compliments of Shining Wizards, actually. Whoa, Shining Wizards. What we got here? Got a little Shining got, Wizards? Got a little couple yeah. haters? Got yeah. a couple haters? I love it. Shining Wizards is awesome. They are fantastic, guys. Well, you know another person who's fantastic? He's our resident professional wrestler. Don't get him confused, but by all means, don't hand him a tube sock. He is the Moon Dog, uh, Greg. Who? 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 It's good to see you, my friend. What's up, guys? Man, kicking back, uh, kicking back a little. Steve, Steve, is that Steve Weisers? Is that what we're calling him? Moon Dog Weisers. Moon Dog. Is it just me, or do those cans seem to continue to get smaller as the years go by? Uh, no, 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 your hands get bigger. Good to see you, Mr. Butt. Hands get bigger, yeah, for sure. Hello. Also rocking the new, my Linda Pillman t-shirt came in today. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. This is fucking awesome. It's best wow. wrestling shirt ever. <laughs> so I guess we're ready to start the panel. All right, so let's go into round number one. Uh, he just gave me that look. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Coming in is the other man from Canada. He hangs out in his garage, and he's got an earlier bedtime than most seniors. Not sure if he eats dinner at 4 o'clock, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. His name is Liam. Don't call me Vince Russo or Jesus. Savage. Jesus. There he is. Best What's going he on, ever buddy? Sounded. Oh, that's fantastic. We can't hear a word you're saying because you probably don't have your microphone turned on. Hit the button. Hit the button. Will you hit the button? The boot hit the button. So, hit the volume up. The volume up. We can't hear you. Either that or take it off uh, silent. Good God. Yeah, take it off of silent. It's not on silent. I can't. I can't take this. Oh, we need closed captioning. 
Oh my god. Not for the visually impaired, but for the um, mentally handicapped, mentally challenged. Why we're still waiting for him to talk? Uh, let's bring in. There oh. he is. Whoa. Oh shit! It's Sub Zero. It is. Yeah, look at this. What's going on? Finish him. We got Mortal Kombat in the house here. Mike Cook, it's good to see you, my friend. How you been? Doing, doing great. Uh, yeah. So the backstory behind of me being in sub-zero mode as an inside joke to last week's episode of Mike World Order, uh, a lot of you guys had some jokes because I was blushing really hard at our very lovely guest we had. Shout out to Christina Gonzalez at Blushing Berries. I'm not going to lie to you, my friend. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, so you saw the episode as well. I watched it. Oh, indeed I did. Oh, yeah. She was thick like pancake batter, huh? Wow. Oh, my God. I was just going to say she was an attractive young lady, but we're going down the pancake batter already. And welcome to FRM After Dark. Yep, that's right. 18 or over. She also made a contribution to Mike World Order. She made a purchase to a T-shirt. She's actually doing her next photo shoot with it. So, you know, that's that's also uh, great productivity. And then, we, of course... Hmm? Can we book her? Can we bring her in? Yeah. We need to bring her in. You got my permission. Imagine. I'll, uh, I'll like send it. you her info. Um, yes, absolutely. Please do. And her uh, her recent product does, because I know you asked last week if they ship if she ships outside of Virginia. Right. She does ship outside of Virginia. Certain items, not the cakes, but other items that she makes, she can uh, ship. Why do you say Virginia? But I'm pretty sure you knew that you're in South Carolina. No, I'm in Virginia. What? I'm South from Carolina. Oh, but right now, I'm from last week. We'll come back to this whole thing. My God. But anyway, I, let me. So, we got tomorrow night's episode that's live in Virginia on the Mike World Order podcast. Guys, you might want to be interested on coming in on this episode to give your two cents on some of the topics. Uh, some of the topics we are going to be talking about is one of them being the so called rumor of the reason why Will Ospreay vacated the IWGP heavyweight title and how supposedly one of the main factors was his recent breakup with B. Priestley. Rumor innuendo. And then we're also going to play a quick game called Celebrity 3. Which celebrity do you want to punch in the face, get down on one knee to marry, and remake a movie scene with? Doesn't matter what movie. Doesn't matter if it's a male or female. You can reenact it. And also, shout out to those, mainly Liam Savage, that participated in Sunday's watch-along because we also have MWO Sunday watch-alongs every Sunday evening. We don't have a specific time. We just do it whenever it's me and J-Rod and a few others who wants to watch random matches. Freeland, you're more than welcome to join us, too, and make your special selections on matches as well, too. I appreciate that. I yeah, that Megan that. Fox, she's got it coming. Yeah, she's got she's got toe thumbs. 
I'm gonna propose to her with a bottle. Cap. I guess it's nine. What do you think I was talking about? Punching her, you animal. What are you talking? <laughs> Well, hold on a second. Before we get any further, he's been waiting. He's been waiting patiently, and I appreciate that. Uh, Liam Savage, can you now officially hear us, my friend? We cannot hear you. Still nothing, Liam. Nothing. There is no audio coming through when you speak. All right, you know what? what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start the game as you are working on this. We will have you go last so you can figure out your technical difficulties. Guys, we're playing oh, something. It. Oh, God. Gotcha. There we go. We're playing Anything? something called. Anything? Yes. I can't Final. hear you. I can't hear you, Liam. I we're gonna... The friggin' host of the Anything? show. I can't even get my own mic time in. Jesus. <laughs> Good gosh. All right, here we go. We're going to play a little game called Around the Horn Wrestling. We're all going to be talking about a topics uh, of wrestling. There's a six-pack of questions here. I will arbitrarily give out points. Obviously, folks, the points really don't matter. It just depends on who I feel like putting over for the night. However, some people do take the points very seriously. If you'd like to play at home as well, you very well may. Just go ahead and submit your answer into the chat. Uh, our reigning champion, Mike Cook, right now. What's the over-under on how long you keep that gimmick on before you end up sweating and passing out? What's the What's the deal here? <laughs> I got my apartment at 62. So. 62 degrees? Holy cow. And my even fury would become a quarter yeah. inch of fury if I was at 62. Jeez. Well, wow. Well, see, you, you got to understand, I'm on the fourth floor. So whenever it's like 90 degrees or whatever, I get that heat first. And the AC is not on while I'm at work. So when I get home, it's already 80 plus degrees. So I crank it down to 62. And then it's over 100 when you walk in the room because, baby, you hot. Ooh. Yes. You like that? Moondog, is that approved? Approved. Is it because I got got traps again? Yes. Well, you know what? You haven't even lost your shirt yet. So I tell you what, that's a huge compliment. Let's throw it into our first topic. Uh, Mia Yim, Yim, if I can speak here, uh, actually uh, clapped back at some wrestling fans on Twitter um, who were wondering what had happened to Keith Lee. And some people had even started an online rumor that Keith Lee had been released from WWE. However, that is obviously not the case. Uh, Both uh, Keith Lee and WWE have both since reported on that. That is not the case. But... Mia Yim says, Keith Lee's status, none of your business. I'm going to first throw it to the Rit. Rit, what do you think about this? I mean, wrestling fans are the ones that buy the tickets. They're the ones that buy the merchandise. They're the ones that pay your paycheck. If people want to talk about something online, hey, do you have a problem with it? Or keep your nose out of it. What's your take? Hey, you put yourself in that position, in that limelight, that means what you do in the ring, outside the ring, all becomes public knowledge. Everybody has opinion. They put you in that position. They, they Just position. like you sit there and said, they bought those tickets. They cheer for you. They boo you. You know, you go out there and say it's not, none of your business. If it wasn't for us people buying those tickets and actually getting the buzz to talk about you, you wouldn't be nowhere. You'd be, you know, working in a warehouse, driving forklift somewhere. So for her to sit there and say, you know, that it's none of our business, it's completely the opposite. 
you know, we all have an opinion. We can sit there and, you know, we're making him relevant right now by talking buzz about him. You know, good point. Good point. I like your take on this, Anton. What's your take on? Is it our business? Is it not our business? Where is that line drawn between what we can and what we can't talk about? What's the favorite speculation pastime of wrestling fans? Speculation, rumor, and innuendo. It kind of just comes with the fucking territory. It's a part of being in public limelight and etc. Whether it's music, movies, television, doesn't matter. Once you're in the public eye, while it's not our business, it is most certainly our fucking business. So it's a double-edged sword. It just is what it is. You are going to have people wonder about you if you are on TV or if you are making noise. Same thing if one of us didn't show up here weekly. We'd be like, huh, wonder what's going on. Are they okay? Do they have something going on in their personal life? Etc. And Mikey Starks and Mitch, Mitchie Blaze both just said facts. And I mean, it is what it is. Both. You know, just is what it is. When you've been on TV and you've been on NXT TV and NXT TV and then you are not there, we're going to go, okay, what the fuck's going on? Especially when we know how Vince is about fucking people. Do you expect less? While it is not our business, it is our favorite pastime. We are going to speculate and we are going to ask fucking questions. Simple. I like it. I'm going to throw it to the butt. What's your take on this, man? Once again, is it any of our business? Are we being too nosy as fans? Or... Is is transparency something that needs to be uh, a large part of the relationship between wrestling fans and the talent? I'm kind of torn in the middle. You know, he does deserve his own privacy. However, you're on TV. So, therefore, people want to know. When you disappear... You know, you just, you're gone. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. People are going to be curious. They're going to ask a lot of questions. You know, is it any of our business? Probably not, but we still want to know. So it's it's kind of a balancing act there. Right? I'd have to say I'm in the middle on that. I like it. I like it. It's fair, and it's a very Canadian answer. I appreciate that. Let's throw it to our resident wrestler, Moondog. Moondog, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to think about it. Yes, there are times when it's inappropriate to ask too personal questions. And then there's other times where curiosity kills the cat. Where do we fall in this whole spectrum of who is allowed to ask questions and who's not? And what's considered too far? What's too far is to blow up their mentions asking where they are at. It's different if you're just talking about it with like other fans and such and just tweeting about it. But like, if you're like tagging them in tweets, where's Keith Lee, where's Keith Lee, where's Keith Lee? That's where it's too far. But, um, I'm in the middle in a way, but kind of like, but, but like I can see where Mia comes in where she's like, it's not your business. But at the same time, that's something where it's like, well, what is going on? But if you're asking them directly, don't do that. If you want to talk about it, that's different. Then people could talk about it all they want. Um, but I, Keith Lee, anytime the the guy is so well-spoken, he, for, he will legit tell you himself on Twitter. What's his status? If, when he's good and ready, 
Because, like, he's always well-spoken. Like, legit, if you ever thought about a professional, Keith Lee should probably... Keith Lee's picture should probably pop up in the picture because, like, that dude is well-spoken. He can fucking tell you what's going on without being disrespectful to the company or anything like that because I remember, uh, was it, his music changed and people were losing their mind. And he just tweet. He's He let out tweet some of the effect of, hey, sorry about the music, but this, that, and the other. And, like... You know, he, he keeps in the middle, but at the same time, he's acknowledging fans. Right. So, of all the wrestlers to really, of all the wrestlers, he's definitely going to be one who will communicate eventually. But it's his personal it's his personal choice. So, like we it. just have that luxury. Good call on that one. Let's throw it to Mike Cook. Mike, you, you've kind of heard the panel so far. What is your way in on the Keith Lee situation? Uh, do you think wrestling fans in some ways get a little too... Uh, trigger happy when it comes to someone doesn't show up for a little while. Oh no, something's wrong. Somebody's getting written off. Or maybe there's a little bit more to the story than we think. I wouldn't say being trigger happy is a bad thing. This situation, I wouldn't say people are being trigger happy. These, we as wrestling fans, we are investors. It's just like the stock like market. It. There's always buyers and sellers. We all, in some way, just like your investments with Kenny Omega, Boogs, not Boogs, but uh, Moondog is investing on an old school gimmick, paying homage. That's an investment, okay? You could say me dressing up as Sub-Zero could pay homage to Glacier. It's, there's, a difference, there's a difference between entitlement and passionate. We yes. as wrestling fans are passionate. So, yes, we are wondering what's going to happen with Keith Lee because we are passionate about it. You know who else we was like that for a while? Alistair Black. We had that same compassion. Excellent when is he coming point. back? When is he coming back? And we finally get him back. So it's only a matter of when. Yes, I know fans are getting tired of having Drew McIntyre shoved down their throats now. I am as well, too. And people are going to be vocal about it. That's once again back to our investing as wrestling fans. Because at the end of the day, I get it. There's privacy. And then there's formality. We are investing in... We're we're investing in a response. So for me and you to say it's none of our business, okay, she's right. It isn't any of our business. It's all of ours business now. And he was nice enough to respectfully reply later on. So there's a difference. I like it. Liam Savage, um, gosh, we've kind of taken all different kinds of perspectives on this situation. What's your take? Somebody's not around for a while. All of a sudden you start tagging their significant other asking questions is that normal response probably or do you think that's more along the lines of i'm just trying to be that nosy neighbor well first can you hear me yes yeah. we can hear you Unfortunately. all right um yeah thanks bud um <laughs> i love you anyways it's none of anybody's business uh the the one thing i was thinking about is you know, like everybody gets on everybody's case. If you haven't seen someone for a month or two and they start just bitching about it, like Charlotte Flair was gone. She's been gone a few times for like a couple months at a time. 
And like, I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, she'll come back when she's ready or if she's not ready, she's not, it's fine. And I think too many people get worried about that. They just think like, oh, well, something's happening. He's in trouble. He's depressed, something or other. It's none of anybody's business. It's exactly what Mia Yim said. Nobody has any right to worry about it. We as fans, yeah, we're, we might be a little worried. You can reach out and say, hey, are you okay and everything? That's fine. But like, if you start criticizing and then start making up rumors, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's just stupid. Like, just There's a million other wrestlers in WWE to pay attention to. We don't need to look at uh, Keith Lee like, okay, well, what's going on? Oh, well, he was on and off, on and off, and now he's being buried. Like, nobody knows. He could be... You know, sitting back, maybe he's got a personal issue happening. Maybe he's sick. Maybe he's just taking some time off. We don't know. If people just stop speculating, then it'll go away. And then before you know it, he'll be back. And it's nobody's business. I like it. Uh, We've gotten a lot of people's takes on this thing. And at the end of the day, I think we are preconditioned, especially when it comes to WWE, to think that if somebody is not on TV – Oh, God, the old man's screwing their career over again. He doesn't get them, so therefore they're not going to be around much longer. I think that's at least where I come from personally. And I see so much talent, and when I see that that Vince, at least in my opinion, and I think a lot of people agree, um, has dropped the ball on so many other people. Yeah, when someone disappears for a few weeks, it starts to make you worry, like, uh, what's what's happening here? So appreciate everybody's input on that. Uh, first round points are coming up in three, two, one, and here we go. Rit coming in with the dirty dozen. Anton fifteen, but got the dozen. Mike <laughs> Unit made some great points. Twenty Moondog seventeen, and the Savage Man at fifteen. Look at that! What a good start to round one already. So very excited. So let me go ahead and let me get this pulled up here for our second question. Um, when it comes to some of these comments on social media, and obviously Mia Yim made her comments, and then Keith Lee went ahead and made some of his own comments as well, and and he basically told people that he'll be back. He'll be back. Things are going to be okay. Um, do you feel like he should have he should have got on top of this? In the beginning or do you think no not necessarily it's not his responsibility to have to comment on every single inquiry let's go ahead and let's start with liam again um liam what's your what's your take on that i mean do they have some level of obligation to answer every single question no they have no obligation to anybody except for their employer uh just just leave it the way it is if anything if people are starting to question things it's gonna make more speculation It'll brew a little bit more uh, topics about their character, about them as a person, and it might just make the the discussions go a little bit hotter. And that way, you know, he can say, hey, they, they can think a million different things. They won't know until I come back. And then that just, you know, makes him a hot topic of discussion. So, yeah, he doesn't have any obligation to anybody. He, he's, as long as he's reporting to his employer and telling them exactly what's going on, that's that's all he needs to do. He doesn't have any obligation to anybody else. I like it. 
Let's go ahead and let's throw it here into round two. This is going to be a very interesting one. Uh, round two, starting in three, two, one. WWE has been doing a lot of their A&E biographies, and it's been kind of a mixed bag. Some people feel like they do a really good job with them. Some people say they don't. There was a Macho Man one that a lot of people felt like wasn't up to par. But I did watch the Ultimate Warrior one on A&E. By a show of hands, who's seen the Ultimate Warrior A&E one? Nice. Let's first start off with the writ. Obviously, these are going to be a lot more different than the dark side of the ring. I think the dark side of the ring is more uh, salacious, if you will. A&E tries to kind of keep it on the straight and narrow, keep it between the uh, the dirt here. So what was your take on the A&E biography? Was it accurate and factual in your opinion? And did they tell a good story? I enjoyed it overall. Uh, it, I got to see a little bit more about the Ultimate Warrior or uh, – Jim Helwig from his early days of, you know, the powerlifting, the bodybuilding, you know, where he goes from that's all he wanted to do to, hey, you want to you want to wrestle? I can pay you a hundred bucks. Oh, wait, what? That's more than I'm making right now. Let's go. You know, and then it does show a little bit of, you know, his his attitude, his, you know, ego coming into play when he was teaming up with Sting and, and, you know, with the Blade Runners. And he just didn't, you know, he missed the show and, hey, Sting's got to get a payday. Steve Borden's got to make that payday. And he took offense to it, which it shows later on when, you know, he held up Vince for money, you know. So the truth is there. Uh, Jim wanted to actually do the character. You know, he always wanted it be like a real life superhero and he always wanted to be the the him you know he wanted to be that character he wanted the character to be him where vince vince sat there and, and gave him the opportunity and you know he, he just vince seen something at one point let him run with it run with it but then he just wasn't that dependable anymore you know so vince did his thing and i i think overall you know, the A and E thing it had its ups, it had its downs. You know, ups and then and downs, and then it ended on that on the high note of you know his career. You know, how many people overall get inducted to the Hall of Fame? And you know, they come out Monday Night Raw the next night, excellent speech, and then they're off to the better place. Yeah, you know that that was overall a Cinderella story. It could not have been scripted any better. I mean, it no. literally was – it was really, really well done. And, well, if the and guy I, didn't die, it might have been all right. You know. Well, right. I mean, we're not, we're not saying death is the, is, the, is the perfect way to end the match. But if you're looking at the, the body of work that was the Warrior, he was there for a good time, not a long time. And he came in, he made his, his impact, and he left. Uh, obviously, he upset a lot of people along the way. Anton, let me let me get your thoughts in on this. With the A and E biography, do you feel like whether or not there was some more salacious things, that company's just not going to put that in there. They're going to try to to tell a good story, but you're not going to get the grittiness that you may get from other documentaries. What's your take? 
Well, you know, what, 15-ish years ago when Warrior was not a part of company? part of the company and wasn't going to be they did that self-destruction of the ultimate warrior dvd i own that yep that, that, i've never seen that so if you can get me a rip of that that would be great just saying but um uh, i know it's a smear job like it, it's true but it's a smear job um i love dark side for what it is they while it is sensationalized it's also not they try to cover both sides the speculation rumor and innuendo as opposed as well as what really happened in those situations i'm excited about that because they interviewed his first wife for that and the uh, wife that he had when he passed away is smearing the shit out of dark side of the ring and not happy about it and so i'm really excited to actually watch that and see what they have to say in Warrior's case, it's one of the most interesting stories ever because why he did a slight territory run and then he came to the WWF. Other than that, the only extent of a career he ever really had outside of there was that brief run in WCW that is god fucking awful with the one terrible nation and the fucking Undertaker tricks that are just so hokey and the trapdoor in the ring that hurt Davy Boy. You know, there's just a whole list of variables there that are super fucked. Other than that, what did he do? He did one show outside of the U.S. sometime when I was still in high school in like 2010, 11, 12, somewhere. Was that, with, was that with Orlando Jordan? Yes. And, yes. Uh, and other than that, what did he do? He didn't work any time since the fucking 90s. He literally lived off the name that he built in the fucking 90s. So it, it's one of those just weird stories to me that he gets a comeback, but Macho Man never did. Vince can bury the fucking hatchet with him, but never buried the fucking hatchet with Macho Man. Like, holy fuck! So, um, yeah, it's uh, one of those things that I'm. I I will watch both of them. I've yet to catch any of these A and E biographies because I've heard they're super hit and miss, and they all have different directors, so there's no continuity in them. So I don't like that. But also, side note from our chat group, uh, ECW fan says the A&E one is approved by WWE and Dark Side tells you the truth. And Travis says that, uh, you know, he was a homophobic asshole and ECW fan says the Warrior Award is a joke. I love the premise of the Warrior Award because it was meant to honor backstage people and lighting technicians and people who run cables and things of that nature. I love <laughs> that premise of it. But then in the years since he's passed, WWE doesn't honor it that way. So I, I don't like that. But, you know, the day that he, you know, gave that speech on Raw and talked about the Warrior Award and et cetera, the day before he fucking died, I, I loved it. I actually didn't. And, you know, I was born in 93, so I don't actually have that same love of the Warrior that everyone else does because I didn't catch it. I didn't see it. It, it means nothing to me. He couldn't work. He couldn't do nothing. The promos sound like someone strung out on mescaline, mushrooms, and fucking <laughs> coke. And this is coming from someone who's done shit tons of drugs. So I know. love the pharmaceutical references here. I'm going to give extra points for that. That is so, fantastic. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. But can you just go ahead and pass this to someone else? I, I was just about to say, Cook is. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Cook, you're you're, you're, you're going <laughs> to get blown off. I think you're going to get You are going to get blown up because you can't breathe with that mask on. I appreciate your dedication to it, but seriously, I. I I don't want you to COPD out on me before the show's over. So what's your, what's your take? What's your take on this whole, uh, I'm the controversy guy this week. Um, (laughs) What's your take on on the ultimate warrior situation, uh, the A&E biography uh, versus maybe this is, or this isn't necessarily the whole story. 
Hulk Hogan. He's the man beyond the dark side of the ring episode of the ultimate warrior. Hulk Hogan tried to bring my ex-wife to show just so she can get more money off of the warrior name. Okay, seriously. So I was just about to say, uh, can we get a list of those uh, narcotics that were just given out? Because I think Mike might have slipped that into his drink. Holy crap. Holy cow. Continue, Mike Unit. Um, <laughs> I have the Ultimate Warriors theme song on repeat in the gym. But um, so like was mentioned in the chat, uh, A&E is approved by WWE. And to me, Dark Side of the Ring speaks the truth. Um, it speaks a lot of the truth of from the first wife, you know, in my opinion, Warrior's current wife, the, the current widow, I think she's just in it for the money. She's glory. She's the one who's really hounding on Warrior's name for a payoff. And, you know, the Warrior Award. She's working for WWE. She's an ambassador. What wow. does she really do, though? I, I, I really don't see any real contributions. Like, if anything, you know, they should have just do a self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior Part 2. Because, because the first one was awesome to me. I actually thought it was good. I bought it senior year in high school. As for the, uh, the A&E biography, like I said, it, I felt like everyone's A&E biography was good. But I felt like when they did Randy Savages, I think it was like a big fuck you to him because of all the still ongoing rumors about him and Stephanie. Because they really tore Randy Savage down in that documentary. Everyone else's was like really good. Even when Stone Cold mentioned how he was world champion sitting in a trailer watching a TV during his divorce, it still didn't seem as bad as everything that you know, Randy Savage was labeled as. So... I personally look forward this Thursday for the Ultimate Warrior version of Dark Side of the Ring. Hell, I'll even do a live watch along and, you know, just to get everyone's reaction post show. It's just that. Go ahead. Well, here's my thing, though, Mike. let's, Let's call a spade a spade here. He was batshit nuts. Okay. Of course. Look at his promo. Batshit nuts. Savage was batshit nuts. I mean, and you can say the whole Elizabeth thing was was a gimmick and a shtick, and, and to some degree it was. But you I also when, when he when he would stick somebody in another room. Let's be real here. All of us would never stick a significant other in a room, lock the door, and just be this paranoid schizophrenic. And I think that's what the problem with Randy was: is that you really couldn't have a conversation with Randy, much but like you know, all the time though. You, you couldn't do it with Warrior either because you didn't know who you were but talking you lock to. you me in the closet every week. I only come out on Tuesdays because you're jealous of, you know, Moondog checking me out. We ain't seen nothing about that either, Mike Freeland. Uh, oh, oh, we're what already the? going there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's FRM after dark, but you know what? Um, I, I have to get, I have to get the man uh, who's sitting there so patiently with his Walter Cronkite earpiece in, Mr. Butt. 
What's your take on the A&E biography situation here? Did you like it? Did you see it? Did you enjoy it? Or, eh, not even worth my time. It. I'm not going to watch it. I don't give two squirts of rat piss about it. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just won't. I, I don't care. Fuck it. At least he's honest. You know what? I pre- I appreciate it's it. It's the same bullshit. All it just gets time. rehashed. It does. You're right. It just gets rehashed. How can now, they had the the self destruction? Calm down, Mike Cook. You'll get your attention in a minute. Calm down, fuck. <laughs> oh Jesus. my god! Takes the matter all. Oh, wow. You don't god. want me on Adderall, but I promise. Oh god! I can't. I can't. No, but you know they had the self destruction. He's a terrible person. He's just a piece of trash. Now, oh, yeah. he's he's after working things out, so let's have him in a good light. Now, that's... Fuck. Give me a break. It's one or the other. It's not when it fits your agenda. I, I mean, I just made extra points, please. Please. I, I, I can't I can't disagree with you on that, but I mean, at the end of the I day, it's a really that. solid point. Good yes. point to that. Yes. Fuck. Right. Golf clap. It's just horseshit. No, I I fucking agree because, you know, I hate, well, you know, I know society does it a lot with, you know, counterintuitive perspective and et cetera. You know, people eventually get over shit. You can't release a DVD and make money off of it, calling it the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior and just bury the living shit out of the man. They did. They really did. Fucking give him an award and name an award after him and try to act like he was the greatest fucking human being ever. Like. Like I said, I love it to a degree because he's the original intent was honoring backstage people, and I love that. But right. they honored Titus O'Neil, who does do good things, but he's not a backstage person. Right. It just I, fucking butt. Give butt extra points, please and thank you. Goddamn, yes. I, I did. I, I just gave I gave him a, a very, very uh, substantial bump in the point system because of the brutal honesty, and he's right. Listen, here's the deal. Mike Cook. Uh, and I know I'm probably going to have to talk to either the Mike Cook action figure or the stuffed doll that's in front of the screen here. But the guy, <laughs> the guy wasn't a good human being. And oh, he was a piece of shit. He was. And then all of a sudden, they, they tell a very honest story. And then, like you guys said, all of a sudden, they, they act like he's Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's kissing babies, shaking hands, and doing sperm donations. That's not the case here. <laughs> not the case whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to Moondog next. Uh, Ultimate Warrior situation here. Did you get to catch the A&E? I did not, but I will for sure be watching Darkseid's episode on him. To preface, yes, he said some, a lot of like fucked up shit about like, gay people, the homophobic yes. stuff. Me, me being pansexual, you know. But I can't deny I love the Ultimate Warrior. The character, the character, sometimes even the guy, because he can tell great. I love listening to his interviews where he could tell he tells these amazing stories. And I love listening to him, um, his motivational stuff, because one, they go from inspirational to fucking funny. (laughs) So he's 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 because like sometimes he's like super inspirational. And then there's other times where I was like, I think he's on crack. But yes. So that's pretty much his wrestling th- his career too. I love his match with Hogan from WrestleMania six. Uh, other than that, character wise, great. But uh, yeah, fucking, you know the the documentary like uh, like everyone else said was a 
it's weird to have you have a hatchet job DVD and then the fucking years later suddenly we're um, glorifying him as a hero, which is fine and dandy. But at the same time, I am glad they they one of those warrior documentaries they did they did acknowledge they did that self destruction video and they talked to Dana and Dana talked about how like that DVD hurt him and shit and then. I do love they called Hulk Hogan out on bullshit when Hogan was like, oh, I didn't say that. Then they threw a clip to the fucking Wire DVD. Oh, really? Because you said this <laughs> and such. But no, I mean, uh, Warrior is very polarizing, especially to me. Uh, but I, I am still a fan. I have a T-shirt. I have figures. There will probably be more figures. But that's pretty much my take on Warrior in general. Uh, I wish... Uh, uh, I wish you were different, but that's how it is. I like it. I like it. Let's throw it to my favorite AT&T uh, associate uh, down there in his garage. Uh, Liam Savage, reach out and touch someone, preferably not me. But <laughs> no, um, any of you. Fuck. Nope. Okay, what's your take on the A&E biography of The Ultimate Warrior? What was your thoughts? And... Do you feel like they tell a good story, or do you feel like they tell the story that the narrative that the WWE wants you to hear? Okay, big surprise. I'm going to have an unpopular thought here, an unpopular opinion. Big surprise. Um, I watched it. I watched it tonight, actually, so it's a little bit fresh in my mind. Um, growing up, that guy was like, he was coming close to Hogan as far as popularity. He never reached it, but he was close. I remember dressing up as him as a kid and putting the face paint on the fucking streamers and all that. You know, he was cool. Now, like, when I get older and I see how he was and how he's very one-dimensional as far as a wrestler, we can all agree on that, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. As far as a person, I think, you know, I got to give him some respect for saying exactly what he thought about things. And I know people are thinking he's homophobic and, you know... All sorts of shit like that. But, I mean, you know, just because he said one thing doesn't mean that's his entire view on society or anything like that. Like, he said some things that upset people, but everybody jumps on the first thing they hear and they don't, you know, give a chance to let him speak his mind. And he, like, I'm not going to say I agree with everything he said, but the fact that he spoke his mind, I think that's uh, worthy of, uh, you know, some... Uh, some praise no maybe maybe not praise but you know like you know saying okay you know i can respect that that he said what he thought honesty um yeah honesty right um but i don't think he was a complete asshole or anything i mean the fact that he was a great father that means a lot to me because i'm a dad so that means a lot because his uh two daughters just thought he was amazing like an amazing guy and everything you know they're obviously going to see one side of him but but you know that's fine um, so that, you know, that resonated with me a bit, but the main thing is that we can't deny his spot in wrestling. He's always going to be looked at as far as like the late eighties, early nineties characters as one of the top guys. And, um, you know, he was like a superhero to a lot of people, like especially kids. And you know what? If, if people want to paint the narrative that it's like uh, that he was a complete jackass because he said what he thought, then I mean, probably all of you think I'm the same way. I'm sure we some do. of you do. Yeah, I know you do, fuckface. Anyways. Um, cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> so, 
so I'm just I'm just trying to say, you know, just because we might not agree with the guy with everything he said or with anything he said doesn't mean you have to think that he was a piece of shit. Just respect maybe that some people think differently than others. Like I, I, I can accept that. I can accept that very, very much. I'm sure I'll lose, but whatever. No, you know what? You got to think more positive. You, you really I try. Do. I try. All right. <laughs> we all know it's red. We know. We're all positive. He's going to lose. Wow. All right, I lose, so I lose. Fuck it. We're going. <laughs> Liam is the only man throughout the course of the week. We'll, we'll literally text message me for, for for six days leading up to the show for the next week and go, "You son of a bitch." I yeah, deserve- I don't get a fucking response either half the time. Round two, I gave ah! a, I gave a great answer and I got four points. You fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. The points. Someone's leaving in three, two, one. And it's gone. And the writ is gone. Shaka Ruski. It's that really getting close. at this point. Fuck. Yeah, Rit, Rit just, uh, he's got to be working on some things. He and I have been doing a lot of booking, and uh, we've been extremely, extremely busy. Um, need to say, needless to say, you will be coming back for um, the Collision in Korea dark side comments uh, when we cover that before we end the show tonight. But Rit... I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I'd like for you to say whatever you would like to say to the audience. Let's get a good well, close up on that guy. Good. Well, guy. man, Ugh. I was close. So, he's so got, close. He's got a face for so radio. Close. Look at that. <laughs> but, man, Ugh. guys, you've got to sit there and wait. I have an ultimate guest. An ultimate, ultimate guest. Yeah, we're not digging Warrior from the Next grave week. either. So, that's Next not a, week. Damn. Yes. It's going to be big. It's going to be really big. Yes. I can't Still wait. Mom. I wish. <laughs> did, did you say Trent's mom? The Ritz. Oh, the Ritz mom. <laughs> so, hold on. You guys know that my middle name is James Trent, and people call me Trent, right? So that's just more fucked up. <laughs> that's what oh. you want. It's true. Oh, uh, So, the Ritzster, we will see you shortly, but for now... You got to go. All right. Who's ready for the next round? Show of hands. Show of hands. Who's got some drinky drinks? What is everybody enjoying tonight? What kind of beverages? We're first going to go back to Anton. What, do you, what are you making over there? I went to the liquor store and copped some Seagram 7 whiskey, which is one of my only favorite types of American whiskey, and I'm mixing it with some Coke. It is one half of a Black Tooth Grin, which was Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Yep, two ounces of this, two ounces of Crown Royal, and a splash of Coke for tent. I don't like mixed nice. drinks, so I typically do it as shots. But uh, since, you know, having a lot of shit go on, I was like, fuck it. Before the show, I'm going to walk to the liquor store, grab a pint, and come and enjoy a pint with some of my best friends. So that's some. how I figured I would handle some shit. I was going to give you a shout on that Pantera. That's great. Love it. I. I have a Pantera tour shirt from 94. My cousin lives in Dallas, and she went to go see them on an ending local tour, and she gave it to me in, like, 09. And so I have Love a it. Pantera tour shirt from 94 that I rock every year awesome. when Dimebag died. Awesome. Love it. And right. Freeland's like, who's that? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> wow. Just because I have confessed my love for Bette Midler, you seem to have hey, taken I think that. probably Ooh. likes Pantera. Hey, Bette Miller was the original woman that was thick like pancake batter. She was, I tell you oh, what, no. she was. Yes. Oh. yes she, she was, was. quick ready. Just add yes, water. Don't give me that shit. 
Come on now. All right, we're moving on to the next round. Oddly enough, there's a theme to this week. Let's go ahead and throw up the next topic. Dana Warrior. Oh, we're still boy. on Warrior topics. Dana Warrior says, I won't be a part of this smut. In her response to the Dark Side of the Ring, which will air, I believe it's going to be on the 27th, I want to say, is the episode. Yep, Thursday. Uh, the 27th, yes. So, let's go ahead and let's first, let, let's kick this, uh, let's kick it off with the butt first. So, she doesn't want anything to do with this. She doesn't agree with it. I don't know if she's necessarily gotten a copy of this. I'm assuming um, they would have sent her a copy of this before it, it hits the TV, so it's not a big shocker. But But let me throw it to you here. She said she doesn't want to be part of this smut. Do you think it'll be smut TV or do you think it'll be good TV? It'll be good. Dark Side of the Ring was always good. With regards to her opinion, who fuck cares? She'd, she'd be nothing. <laughs> Fucking if butt, dude. If it wasn't for her husband, she'd be nothing. Nobody'd give a flying fuck about her. Let's just move on. Like, stop talking, lady. Shut your cock washer. Nobody cares. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, so, uh, oh, Fuck. You, you know, very rarely do I, do I, wow, do I not need to tell someone to wrap it up with one of their responses, but you just, you just dropped the mic on that one. So she needs to, uh, yeah, Boog's jumping in here. Hashtag cockwasher. Oh my <laughs> God. True. Who cares what she says? Yeah. Who cares? Does it make a difference? No. No. Was he's still, she a he's wrestler? Still Was she anything? No. Nobody yeah. knew to fuck she was nobody would know who she is now if it wasn't for her husband dying like he did why do we give a damn what she says fuck because she was the wife it's that's about why. so no but i think in the context of wrestling no i think i do i think that's what Boog is saying not necessarily because she's not a good mom or anything i think the point is that when it comes to wrestling she may not really know everything that went on. She may not be aware of all the things that her husband has done. Now, yeah, we don't we don't we can't judge Jim Helwig and say he was a bad father. I don't think any of us would say that because no. none of us know. And but is a person and she's she's making comments on things that other people have experienced working with him directly for years. I I think there could be some credence to that, but I can tell you have something to say, so um, I tell you what, my favorite Target employee, it's all yours. Target? What the fuck? We don't even have that here anymore. Fuck that place. Um, I don't I don't really, uh, like, I, I have to look at it like, you know, Dana Warrior, she's trying to defend her husband, and she loved him a lot, obviously, and he left this earth way too prematurely, so I understand why she gets upset. Like, I think any of us would. So, for that to even be disputed is kind of crazy she I'm, I'm not i'm not saying that like he didn't do anything crazy or stupid yeah he did some stupid shit he said some stupid shit and i'm not i'm not trying to say like he was a great person in that regard but you know what like if his wife is saying like you know this is my husband and this is what i know about him and you know it's a bunch of smut you can't just say, well, you didn't fucking know. Like, none of us fucking know. We weren't there. She she was at least in his life. None of us were. Touché. So I think she has she has more of a say, you know, than any of us do. And uh, I'm not trying to, like, defend the situation. I'm just saying, like, you have to look at it objectively. She is allowed to defend her husband, who's not here to defend himself. 
I'm sure if he was here, he would defend himself wholeheartedly. But um, that that's her right. And like I said, none of us were there when any of this stuff happened with Warrior or any of this stuff that anybody had a problem with. Hulk Hogan says shit, and we don't know if he's fucking lying or telling the truth half the time anyways about what he said. He's so, lying. you know, it's like it doesn't matter. Facts. Yeah, brother. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I'm a Hulkster guy. Thank I'm you. sorry. I just, all right. I know. He hasn't made good choices. That's what we yeah. tell preschoolers. You're not making good choices. You need to go sit down. Yeah. Um, let's throw it to Mike. We say the moon dog. Yeah. Let's. Uh, this is. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to uh, to to Mike Cook here, who uh, he's got his cuddle buddy here. Mike, <laughs> she uses the word smut. Now, I don't necessarily know if that is even from the English language grammatically correct, as far as. Well, I I know as an English teacher, that's not really correct. However, what is your take on this? And she call, <laughs> she's calling it she's calling it smut. Do you think that it's going to be just absolutely lambasting him in a negative way? Or do you think, nah, maybe not? I can't. Just talk. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's like everyone's been saying in the group chat from the beginning. It's They might as well call it the dark side of truth. Um, Let's be honest. The only reason why the Dana Warriors call him this smut is because she's not getting a payoff off of it. So because of that, Dana Warrior is going to create whatever buzz she can about it just to defend her husband, but not just her husband, but, you know, her husband's net worth. Let's let's just be honest about that. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things you can't really control. And... It is what it is. Like, she's going to speak her mind regardless. But I think she's trying to save face the moment the truth comes out. And when that happens, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be exposing her more and more. I mean, even the Ultimate Warrior's brother even said that, you know. Is he brother warrior? To the family up until the death. Like, basically, the rumor in was she used to give him a hard time before his death. And the only reason why he went back to WWE was because of her. Because right. they needed money. Yeah, I said it. Y'all needed money. Well, I, I mean, it's, 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 I feel like you're speaking the truth right there. I really, really do. I think it's a very valid point right there. Uh, Anton, have you gotten a chance to speak yet on this topic? No, I have not. So, All right. but uh, Jump on I it. do most certainly fucking agree. She's really just pissed because she's not getting a payoff because Darkseid decided to cover other people other than her. So, you know, again, the A&E thing is WWE approved. Darkseid is more the truth, more from, you know, a fan perspective because those people are actually fucking fans. So it really just is what it fucking is. It, uh, I just, I'm really excited for the dark side. Also, did anyone else catch the fact that A&E moved up the Ultimate Warrior episode from sometime in June? Yes. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So that they could compete with Dark Side of the Ring? And if yes, you I did. try to fucking argue otherwise, I will fucking throw punch you because there's no sure. other reason. They've had this sure. lineup released before Dark Side released their lineup until yep. Dark Side released their lineup. And then they were like, eh, Ultimate Warrior episode here. Yep. So, yeah. 
it just it is what it is um it's funny to me you know again the fact that this is all just a giant circle of yeah we have to give him respect for the warrior award but besides that everything he ever fucking did is a very brief period of time and just total bullshit you know like i agree with what liam said about you can't take everything into what he said because that's just how he felt but you know you can't play both sides the fucking sword of yeah we released an ultimate warrior self-destruction dvd and then here he's such a great human being even jim ross on his fucking podcast will be like uh out of everyone i ever worked with ultimate warrior's a piece of shit bruce richard everyone i ever worked with ultimate warrior's a piece of shit like you know these are people who are sometimes yes men who still have the same fucking opinion of this guy's a piece of shit. You know? I think that's why I relate to him, maybe because, like, you know, like I just say whatever I think, like not trying to piss people off. But, but like, you're not a piece of shit, Liam. You're like, not no, a piece no, no, of no, shit. No, no, you're a good it. person. No, but yes. but but you know what? I can sympathize in a way because, like, I can respect the fact that he would say what he thinks. Yeah, I would probably piss some people off, but you know what? Like, I mean, it's better than just like hiding behind what you really feel. Don't you I guys mean, think? I agree, but like you, you know, you busting Moondog's balls with him on or off the show, you do it either way, and he, you know, yeah. appreciates, loves it. We're and all revving each other. Either, yes, we are all yeah. on each other's side. We're all pulling yeah. for each other to do well. We know that us just busting balls is us busting balls being dudes. Right. But with right. this Ultimate Warrior thing, it's much different. We expect you being the fucking constant naysayer, Jim Cornette, fucking, I don't give a shit. <laughs> why did you have to say that shit. man's name around? Because he's because a fucking god, accurate. that's why. Because it's fucking accurate. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I just call it how I fucking see it. You know this. So Liam pulls for that perspective, and I, I appreciate yeah. that, and I respect it. I also see things in shades of gray, so I agree with Bud. I agree with Liam. I agree with Mike. I agree with Moondog or Logan. You know, it doesn't matter who's on. I don't see things in you know shades of black and white. I enjoy seeing it all the way around because that's how I've gotten through life. So yeah. it just... It I is agree. what it is. That's why I think that's why Mike Freeland agrees with me most often is because I I don't pick actually a side. I'm like, no, I I see all of it. <laughs> so, you know, eh, Mikey, no, Jim Cornette, while he's stuck in the fucking seventies, eighties, he's still he's right. You can't forget the fundamentals. You can't forget the basics. The basics lay the groundwork for everything else. I still do that with shit that I do. I have a modern drum machine and a modern keyboard that are like eight hundred dollars a piece, and I still you know. Uh, 12 seconds of sample time etc i take old school techniques and apply them to a new school feel so i i get it it's the basics you can't ignore them it just is what it is what what does that have to do with the question it's just how i relate things music and wrestling music and wrestling it's how i relate things to understand them all the way around Let's throw it to Moondog here, who's been waiting patiently to get his turn on this one. Um, Smut, yes or no? Um, me personally, no. But uh, my trainer, uh, Rock and Randy Jerry Fox, uh, he personally cannot stand Dark Side of the Ring. He thinks it makes the business look like shit. That's his personal opinion. Um, so I could see if Dana Warrior pretty much shares the opinion with him. Though I could also, th- but I also have a theory of the fact that either maybe she does think that way. She's seen episodes and she's like my trainer, Randy, or she's like, no, fuck this. This is the bad side of wrestling. That's our deal that they, they want to air. 
Um, it's no worse than the fucking shit that NBC did, ABC did with that fucking secrets of professional wrestling when they were exposing how oh, it all yeah. worked. Yeah, it, it it's literally no worse than that. If anything, it's more honest and upfront. And that's I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's just my yeah. honest opinion. Like, uh, Mikey's so- in the house. Fair that you know what in that in that not to cut anybody off here, but that is that is a fair enough assumption, and I I do agree. Moondog, did you get a chance to finish what your comments were? Not yet. Um, let let's let you finish your comments first because I I want to give you the the fair time here. My theory is also that either she did see a few episodes and she's like, no, this is gross. This is showing the worst side of wrestling, kind of like Rand, kind of like my trainer Randy, um, or. Maybe because I assume she's a, I don't, I assume she's part of a deal with WWE that's not letting her be on the show. So she's just sticking with WWE side of it. Cause no, that's why Flair couldn't be a part of the collision in Korea thing, which we'll talk about later because obviously he's got to deal with WWE. So it's one or it's one of those two, but uh, me personally, no, I don't think it's smut. I think it's interesting. I think it gets wrestling out there and whatever. You know, um, they're all really interesting stories that non-wrestling fans could watching just, you know, just really get interested in, you know, I like it. Well, as you know, it's nut cutting time. It's time for one of us to, to say goodbye. And God, you know, I got the hardest job here because nobody realizes the kind of grief I get at the end of the day. I try to score these things as absolutely down the line as possible, completely unbiased whatsoever. And, uh, oh, oh boy. Oh, man. All right. Uh, wow. The scores are going to come out in three, two, and one. Ooh. Anton, 28, Mike Cook, 29. Wow. Uh, the butt gets 27. And okay. unfortunately, because he gave such an impassioned argument the last time, um, I'm going to give him that one. Uh, we're going to give 30 seconds to Mr. Liam Savage. Liam, tell us how you feel. I guess giving an impassioned argument that's completely different from everybody else is a problem. No, I'm not. I'm not no. saying that, but I think we all agree that at the end of the day, Butt gave a really good answer. I think you gave a really good answer, but at the end of the day, somebody's got to make the judgment call, and that person has to be me. And you know what? It doesn't take away from the fact that I love you dearly. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't really know what to say, but you know what? Um, you're going to be coming back for the collision in Korea, which uh, will be happening sooner this evening than later. Uh, so yeah. with that being said, we will uh, we will say our fairly wells to you right now. All right. So that's where we stand right now, you guys. We are t- we are down to the oh, final gosh. four. Gosh, I tell you what, why do things have to be awkward? What? Why? Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let everybody take a drink, stretch their legs, get a smoke, do whatever you need to do. I'm going to play a new commercial. So for everybody who's been watching and you're like, oh, my God, you guys play the same commercials. Well, I got a new one. So don't go anywhere. More Front Row material coming back at 1125. Big match at my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got junkyard dog. It's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. Here's George the Animal Steel. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steve. Yeah. They're so real. And Rob.
Piper! Can you tell the difference? Yeah! Yeah! Wrestling superstars, they're for real. Eat sold separately from LJN. Yeah! No matter where you are, with some wrestlers, it's just like being in a wrestling ring. With Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper. One, two, three, pin! Wherever you are, it's like real wrestling action. With Junkyard Dog and Bulldog. Come rustle anywhere with Hulk in the Iron Sheep. Okay, kids, back to class. Rustle anywhere with rustling superstars, thumb rustlers, new from LJN. With rustling superstars, it's like having a real match right in your own home. Yes, there's Jimmy Superfly Suka. The Iron Sheep. And Big John Studd. And now you can fly them and flip them in the Swing them, Swing them Wrestling Ring. Wrestling superstars and new wrestling ring, each sold separately from out. Now you can make World Wrestling Federation superstars with turn do things they never thought they could do. Camel Clutch, the Iron Sheik can do that. Clothesline, Hulk Hogan can do that. Collect all the World Wrestling Federation superstar plenties, each sold separately from LJN. Are you ready for Hulkamania? Ancient Adonis, looking good and tough to beat. Nobody beats Macho Man. You can get right in the action in the ring with wrestling superstars figures. The big names are here and they're ready. It's corner-to-corner -corner excitement. Match your moves against the other guy. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Because you're in the ring with the WWF wrestling superstars figures. Figures ring and cage sold separately. Assembly required. It's a grand toy. I can beat anyone. What'd you say, boy? It's the WWF Wrestling Superstars Game, where you battle the world's greatest wrestlers. Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheik, even Hulk Hogan. You decide who wrestles who. Piper versus Mr. Wonderful. Uh oh. Manager, pin down the superstar stage and wrestle with four sensational puzzles too. From Milton Bradley. All right, welcome back. It is Front Row Material live on Tuesday. My name is Mike Freeland. Uh, if you happen to miss the uh, first part of the show this evening, uh, Darius Carter was a part of. Uh, our interview, and I want you all to please check that out, catch that on demand. You'll definitely have an opportunity to do that. That'll be on our Twitch channel as well. So let's go ahead and let's get to our next round. Coming in, we have Moondog Murray feeling very confident and looking good this week with his comments. The butt being just brutally honest. Anton giving the theoretical perspective on everything. And Mike Cook, who's still hanging in there with his mask, because you know what? Can never be too careful with COVID. Uh, but hold on. Uh, what do we have? What do we have here? What do we have here? Uh-oh. Do we have ourselves a uh, a special guest? I'm uh I'm in the dark side of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If you would like to, you're more than welcome to join us in this next round for discussion. I'm um by the, I'm by the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> really, the moon. really quickly or, or, in or, the just the, or just the dark side or the dark side of Mike unit wow 
Um, really quickly here, just to let you guys know from a programming note, we are going to. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Good God. We, we are going to be preempted on June the 8th. That means we will be going live on June the 6th. Just go ahead and put that in your calendars right now. Once again, we will not be going live on Tuesday, June the 8th. We will be coming early on June the 6th for everybody. All right. So let's let's get back into this here. Let's get back into our discussion here. Uh, Mikey, what's your take on the... <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate warrior Dana warrior situation. Would you like to, to weigh in on that? I don't blame her. Would you fucking do it? <laughs> I mean, she's, she's getting a payday. So she at the is, end of the day, she is in an impossible position. You don't fucking need to zoom in on my shit. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not. I'm not disagree. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you. However, I think oh, it might be going boy. a little far by calling the the dark side of the ring smut. Um, now I'm sure that she's gotten an oh, advanced copy. Oh come on! Copy. They sensationalize everything. Watch those but, episodes. Uh, it, I, be, I mean, it's good. It's good TV. Do you Ex like it? Exactly. It's good TV. Just like shoot interviews are entertaining. <laughs> it's all wrestling and it's all the work. It's all fucking bullshit. Did you get a chance you to read check Hulk out Hogan's book? I've, I've read Mary Poppins in the fucking library. I have I have read them all. Um, did you did you get a chance to catch the A and E biography on the Ultimate Warrior? Yes. And what was your take on that one? Um, you feel, do you feel like there's a a, a starch? Uh, or a starch, yeah, right. Staunch contrast to the dark side of the ring versus A and E. Well, I didn't see. I didn't see the dark side of the ring episode yet. But how do you put this? They. I liked it better when nobody gave a fuck about work rate and everything else. I mean, all these fucking actors and actresses that are fucking beloved from fucking the 60s, 70s, 80s, I'm sure they were a fucking ton of assholes too. But nobody gave a fuck. You know what I mean? It's always like the wrestling fan has to go behind and has to know the personal details of all this shit. It's just, I just find it crazy. Like, I really do. Like, as a personal thing, like me, I, I never gave a fuck about who did what and this guy was a great worker and you know, how can they put the championship on this guy when you have people like Ted DiBiase and these guys on the roster? It's like, I didn't get into any of that shit. I like the fucking characters. I liked good workers, obviously, but I love the ultimate warrior. I mean, as a character, I fucking love that guy. Like it was amazing. Now what for, was that, your for that, for that time period it was fucking amazing. What was, was awesome. your what was your reasons for liking him? Was there a, a connecting aspect of it or or was it just man, this guy is just a larger than life personality? Larger than life. His look was amazing. He fucking stood out. He was fucking different. And but this goes back to everybody back then was somewhat different. You know, now I mean I'm not gonna get it to now. That is there's no fucking point. 
But what I'm saying is, me, I, I, I enjoyed the characters and the storylines back then. The Honky Tonk Man was a quote-unquote horrible worker compared to a Ricky Steamboat or a Randy Savage or Kurt Henning or any of these guys. But he was fucking entertaining and he did his job. You know? Mr. Perfect. He was a great worker and a great entertainer. And he had fucking everything. You know? But the Warrior had it too. I loved his fucking crazy promos. I mean, he was fucking off the fucking wall. Like, what is this fucking guy talking about? He's literally nuts. Hey, hey Mikey, I got a question. Yeah. Would you, uh, would you honestly think, and this is just me as a kid, I used to always think this was my reason of being a, a big Warrior fan as well. Do you think the Ultimate Warrior gimmick was also over for the simple fact that he also had the look of something you would see in 80s and 90s hair metal bands as well, too? Hair metal bands? You talk about that was the days of fucking He-Man. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like, this guy had a fucking look. It, it, it stood out. It was good. He looked fucking amazing. You know, and I still tell you, they killed him. When they, when they changed his fucking look, and he put the little fucking Ultimate Warrior logo on his cheek when he won the belt, that for me went, it kind of, I tired of him because it wasn't the Ultimate Warrior at that Too point. Too commercial. It was the W, it was the, uh, a top guy modifying them to connect more with the mainstream Albany, uh, audience and the general public, which, which for me didn't work. I think it's, I think it's tough because every character runs their course, right? Everybody has a shelf life. Do you think even Tell if that they to did- the undertaker, well, there, <laughs> there are some few exceptions. There are some few exceptions. However, would you say for the most part, yeah, there's a lot of characters that run their course and that regardless, I think the warrior probably would have been would have been done. Um, Vince probably would have been done probably in 91, 92, um, minus some of the hiccups that he was having with him from a business perspective. Maybe, maybe not. You, you never know. You know, because he got over again once he did that deal with Savage. You know, he was still he was still over at that point. The thing that really kind of caught me off guard was when he started to do the singlet with the uh, the painted on muscles because he already had a good body, and it was just kind of like I'm not really sure why this is happening because he was tiny compared to what he was before. I guess because he got off the steroids and yeah. Fair enough. Um, where did uh, where did our friend Anton go? Did he just uh, step out here for a quick second? He froze. How, why my hair fell out? Oh, oh my god! Let's get into our. Uh, we'll have Anton jump in here uh, for our next topic. Here, here's the big one. Um, WWE definitely does sometimes determine why they let somebody go. Sometimes they don't talk about why they let somebody go. Sometimes that there is a real reason. And sometimes there is a, a generated reason why they let somebody go. Here is the topic for our next debate. The Velveteen dream. Uh, He officially commented for the very first time since his WWE departure. So to catch everybody up on what was happening with that, it was believed that the Velveteen dream was having, um, inappropriate conversations 
uh, with a young man online. However, truth be told, uh, that was taken out of context and was proven to not be true. Uh, WWE did exonerate him for that. Uh, but they said that it was his behavior while he was at TV tapings and that he was hard to work with that eventually led to his departure. I'm going to throw it to Christopher Butt here first. Do you think wholeheartedly that they got rid of him because he was just hard to deal with in his behavior? Or do they still in some way, shape, or form think this guy might just not be the most mature with his choices on social media? I'm sure some of his choices on social media didn't help. They just don't want to get into the to the negativity that comes with it. People are saying apparently he was grooming uh, a young fella for some adult entertainment with each other from a couple of articles I read. So that's not a good look. Even if it comes out that it's not true, it's still it. some people are still going to judge it by that. And to top it off, if he's a jackass backstage, like some people are saying, he's not a big enough star for them to put up with too much of his bullshit. Right. You no, know, if he's a, a John Cena, you'll put up with it. Not that you'll ever hear anything with John Cena being like that. But Velveteen Dream just wasn't a big enough star for people to put up with his backstage bullshit if it was really that bad. So kind of got himself gassed because he was immature douchebag from what you read. It's kind I've of heard, what happened. I've heard a lot of situations where he was just, he got too much success too early and that kind of went to his head. Now, whether or not that's true or not, we don't, we don't know. Cause we're not there. Um, Mike unit. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel like he was given a fair shake? Um, or do you feel like this is a case of once they detect something that they don't like be, 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 they start distancing themselves from somebody. Um, I'd say half and half. The reason why I say half and half is because, Austin Theory is still on the roster. And didn't he get involved with some young girls doing the same thing? Oh, good point. So with Velveteen Dream, I think I think he got out of it. But I think it's his attitude afterwards. You know, it's like the old saying goes, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And I think that's what happened with Velveteen Dream. I think after he got out of that situation, he felt some type of way, and he probably felt like in his mind he was bulletproof and to where he had the mindset where his shit didn't stink, and probably people got tired of it within a short amount of time. No, no, I I get you on that one completely. Um, Would you agree that you thought he had a really good uh, gimmick? Oh, yeah, I I loved Velveteen Dream. I I used to <laughs> I used to do a parody of it called Crush Velvet, where I would wear like silk shirts and a nice silk tie to go with it, with the you know velvet shoulder pads and all that. And I would like dress up real nice, and I'd be like, "That's Crush Velvet. Say my name," you know. <laughs> and it was just Velveteen Dream was so over for the simple fact that he's actually. He's not too far from my uh, hometown that I live in, in Virginia. He's actually from D.C. And he was so over as a local celebrity. So over. It's been quiet ever since the scandal, because even that spread all over 
DC sports and all that, you know. And it's just one of those things he shot himself in the foot. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, let's get Moondog in here on this. What's your take on this? I mean, as you know, as a wrestler, as being somebody who is on social media, working for a company and getting booked, you do have to be careful to some degree on what you say and how you say it because all of this stuff can affect your career. Mm. Um, what was your thought on the Velveteen Dream and do, how do you feel like this situation shook out? I don't think he was fired over the... Uh, alleged stuff on Twitter. I think it was fire because right now they, if you notice, they have been releasing a lot of people and they're finding any excuse to release people. So I think finally after a while, they're just like, all right, fuck this guy. We're releasing him because if attitude's the issue, then they'll probably, that's probably the reason why, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't want to see anybody lose their job, but I mean, was it my Going back to my trainer, uh, I guess before I started training, he actually pulled the guy, ever, all the wrestlers, into a meeting, talked about talking about the Me Too movement, and telling them, "Hey, you guys got to really watch what the fuck you're doing. Don't be fuck with people like that." And good point. Don't be one of, don't be like these assholes. And really, the only ones fired from WWE that from that Me Too movement were the ones who admitted they did it, while the rest were like. While the rest were probably like, no, I didn't do it, or that's bullshit, this, that, and the other. Like, the only ones who were fired were like Travis Banks and Johnny Gallagher, or, or um, Jack Gallagher, who admitted to it, which is like, okay, goodbye. You know, because, yeah. like, why would you keep them after that? <laughs> Agreed. So, Agreed. Um, but yeah, that I, I think he wasn't, I think he was fired because they're looking for any reason to cut people, cut costs, and such, because if was it they released a shit ton of people uh from nxt and such so i think that was the reason it's interesting when we when we look at situations like this what ultimately is the reason why somebody gets let go um i think we never truly find out the answer until much later down the road but the truth does have a way of, of getting its way out so very interesting on that one um we have something that I uh, and by the way, everyone who says I, I'm don't you find it ironic that they fired him at the same time as everybody else? No, really, Mike. What's your take on that? I don't think it's ironic. Um, I think it was just one of those things. Like I said, it would have happened even if it wasn't a group firing. You know, after the company that helped you get out of hell of a situation and you still want to give a bad attitude like your shit don't stink and you're not a fully established wrestler, not even on the main roster. For all we know, him being that raw tapings could have been, hey, this is what we want to do to your character. He could have been on main roster for all we know that those few uh, Monday Night Raw tapings he did. For all we know, and I think, like I said, it's more than just the scandal that happened. I think it was just his attitude post-scandal. That came back you, you, you want my opinion? Of course. I think. Here's the thing. If you're, if you have, if, if this drama around you, and he had drama around him, and you have an attitude problem. 
and people don't like you, you're going to get fired. I think they fired him in a group of people, a group with everybody else. It's to prevent so they could say it was around the budget cuts as opposed to him just getting fired for bad drama. So they were basically trying to hide it amongst other things. Kind yes. of like putting, putting pork into a bill. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I, yeah. WWE does a lot of unique things, and it would not surprise me if they wanted to go ahead and get rid of him, and this was a perfect opportunity, and they could just yep. sweep it under the rug. Yep. Nothing to see. Let's keep moving on. No, no discrimination that he might be gay. No discrimination that, you know, whatever. Right. No, I, I can completely see this that. Is, this is their M.O. A lot of it's not public, but this, this is their M.O. We have an interesting situation here. Uh, we, we have ourselves what we would refer to as a log jam here. So we, we, have, uh, we have three people who are tied at the top at 31 points. So you know what we're going to do? Instead of eliminating somebody, we're going to keep everybody, and we're going to go into the final round. This final round will be the determining factor of who gets to be this week's panel finalist and winner. Once again, the people that are left from Canada, he is the butt. Don't call me ass, man. How you feeling tonight, buddy? Doing great. Enjoying the show. Things are good. No complaints here. And then we throw it to our resident expert, Moondog Murray. Moondog... Have you been enjoying yourself this week? I don't know about an expert. Uh, there's still plenty to learn. Plenty. Okay. Plenty to learn. Uh, you're, you're modest, my friend. By the <laughs> way, that, that action figure uh, carousel you've got, still looking pretty carousel. sweet. That'd be awesome if that did spin. If that but... could spin, that would just be amazing. Hell yeah. And let's throw it over to uh, Glacier himself. It, it's like Glacier meets Ice Train. Uh, that's how I feel this is right here. They call Mike him Cook. Black. They call me Black Ice. They call you Black Ooh, Ice. I love wow, it. I like that. Very, very interesting. Black Ice. Oh my god! I mean, it is a, it is a porno company. What? what I, was thinking, I, was, I was thinking more about being in a car and dying. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. Oh fuck. I'm not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. We're going to move on to our next and final round. Here we go. In what, three, what two. You, you, you didn't place yet. I'm sorry. How is this Find, being determined? How is this being uh, determined? It is going to be. It is going to be. What kind of horseshit contest is this? Well, I tell you what. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very established uh, process that we've gone through. Eh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Final yeah, comment. Those balls more, you know. Final topic. Rumor. Did you get your fucking computer fixed? Well, it's it's working as best as it can be this right fucking, now. This fucking guy. Let me tell you what this fucking guy does. Oh, my God. There we go. This fucking guy calls me. I don't answer because, well, it's Freeland. Then he sends me a text message. I hate to bother you, but it's kind of urgent. It's important. I'm going, Jesus Christ. Now what the fuck's going on? I go, so I, I said, so I go. What's up? He goes, all right, well, here's what happened. I was trying to download a video, probably one of those fucking shitty commercials you watched about 10 minutes ago. And then it does a pop-up on the screen. Microsoft said, you did this, 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 and this. And it gave me a phone number to call. So I called. And then he's asking me to start all kinds of weird questions. 
And I had one. Then they start sending me text messages like, come on, Mike, you should call me back. They actually said my name in the text message. And I never, when I called the Microsoft number, ever said who I was. You got hacked. That's a hacker. You try to download YouTube videos illegally off these fucking uh, sketchy websites. You hear that? Oh, that's correct. <laughs> you got mouth fucked. I, I guess I, I guess I, I guess I did. What, what do you, what did you call that butt? What was it called? What? Oh, butt you, you was involved. No, you, you, hey, hey. no, Not you had butt, a butt. You had a phase you used earlier on. Oh, cock washer. Cock washer. Ah! There you go. But Boog, Boog jumping here in the chat says, uh, why would you do that? You can download them from YouTube really easy. You know what? I, I didn't realize that, Travis Boham, but I appreciate that. Now you can be the one who helps me going forward. See, um, what's, what's, what's funny about all this? Yesterday, when he asked me, he goes, hey, can I get the login information for the Twitch page? And I have no idea what the fuck it is. It's saved on my fucking phone. But it's, it's under my social security number, and it got that stupid picture. I'm like, oh, we'd have to change everything over, and I don't fucking really know. I said, and not, not, not nothing personal. I said, but with your fucking, your sketchy fucking security on your computer, I, I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> he gets fucking hacked by some Nigerian prince from freaking Africa. Got hacked by the great power Udi. I hope to God I haven't completely amazing. destroyed my computer. I hope I have not destroyed it. Oh. I'll check your bank account. <laughs> your computer's probably got the no, the bank account's fine. Everything's been changed the whole nine yards, so I hope nothing's wrong with my system. So You might want to factory reset that whole thing. <laughs> Reload the motherfucker. That's what I had to do, because as a teenager, when I'd watch uh, shady porn sites, I'd get those messages all the time, and I'd have to factory reset my laptops. <laughs> so if I, I got a factory, if I factory, re oh God, am I going to lose all my files or no? Yes, that's uh, yep. why you have them on external drive, remember? That's right, yep. Oh, you Lord. don't have them on an external drive, do you, Freeman? No, I can move them over before I factory. He's supposed to have an external do drive. That. So That's what I had to do. After the last, time, the last three times he fucked up his computer. I, I'm going to move everything over to my external. And what's and with I'll the sports factory. jacket? You try to look professional? <laughs> you still got that giant bulbous microphone that you made. This is, a, this is a very nice microphone. This is Did a, you get that uh, rebate check yet? It's... it's, it's it's the snowball. It's very professional. For, say, that's the mm. snowball, isn't it? It is the snowball. Yeah. Yeah, I all right. Blue, all yeah. right. You know what? You know what? Enough, enough heat with me here, okay? Let's get to the More heat! Melt the snowball. <laughs> Mikey, it's a pleasure witnessing this. You know, it's, it's just, it's funny. He keeps it goes, oh, do you, do you think you'll be back soon? I'm like, no. Goes, well, you know, do you think maybe by September? I'm like, no. Mm, 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 freely. Yeah. So I'm trying to hold down the fort, hopefully making this, it. This is the fucking guy that wants to be back so bad. Now we now he's he's getting all angry. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> let's let's go to the final topic. Is that uh, Harry Urbans? <laughs> the rumor is that Fox has pushed WWE to go back to live shows. Do you believe it? Yes or no? I'm first going to throw it over to Moondog Murray. 
what's your take on this? Do you believe that there is a heavy influence on Fox, or do you think, nope, WWE was going to do this anyway? I think WWE was going to do it anyway, but I think Fox, if that's true, Fox is doing that, probably push them and go, all right, yeah, let's do it. Because uh, AEW's doing it. Uh, a lot of indie promotions are doing it again. Uh, concerts, I've never had, I love, like, concerts. I can't wait to go back to live concerts and shit. What kind see, of concerts? Rock concerts, metal concerts. What like, kind? Um, what do you mean, what kind? Like, music. You say Nickelback, you're fucking fired. No, 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 no. I don't like Nickelback. What like, Corn and Slipknot and fucking Alice in Chains. All right. And... All right, very good. Okay. Very good. I would have seen Ozzy, but I couldn't afford it at the time. And then, of course, he fucking gets Parkinson's. Um, fucking. You like uh, Linda Ronstadt? Ramstein? I wish I said that. <laughs> I said Linda Ronstadt. No, okay. Why? I was, saying, I was got... gonna go see Ramstein until they got delayed. Well, they're coming around again. I just saw that they said uh, next year, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely gonna see them or try to see them anyway. How about Linda Ronstadt? I don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How do you not I, know? I'm a dumbass. There's some things that fly under the radar. But, He's uh, 20 years old. How does not Linda Ross that? <laughs> Fair enough. 20 years old. So, um, you, so you, you feel like the WWE would have gone back anyway? Yeah, but I think I, I could believe it where it's like all Fo- would Fox said, hey, you should go back. That's what. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. It's like, um, was it the other day? A Nigerian prince messaged me, going, "I will donate four hundred dollars because I ra- I had a chair, I had a Twitch uh, charity, I had a Twitch charity stream for New Jack's GoFundMe, and some dude goes, "Oh, I'm in the army. I want to donate four hundred dollars to this, uh, this, that, and the other.'" I was like, "Okay, cool." And I sent them the info, and they're just like, "Oh, just send me. Uh, I'm going to send you this much money. You just send me back the difference." And I'm just like, "Okay." And then like when I sent it to like the other wrestlers from uh, my uh, school, they immediately text me back going, no, don't believe that. And then one of them was like, yeah, I worked at a Chase Bank. I know that's a scam. Don't do that. That's our deal. But yeah, so pretty much them saying that, put, I was already going to say no, but them saying that pushed me goes, okay, no. So that's our deal. You mean you were going to do it? No, no, no. I wasn't going to, I was, I was pressing on to see if they, if they were real. But I think deep down I knew this is not real. Given Freeland computer advice? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Oh god. <laughs> what happens when I'm not here? Uh me me simping for uh Mike Unit. Let's uh let's go ahead and uh throw it over to the butt. What's your take on this? Do you feel like Fox had any level of influence on the decision as far as nudging them in a certain direction or do you think Vince and the powers that be already had in their mind when they wanted to go back? I'd say they were probably planning on going back but Fox probably pushed it along, got it going a little bit sooner just to generate a little more ratings. It's boring as shit. You don't have anybody there. It's not nearly as entertaining to watch on TV when you got empty stadiums or in the Performance Center, whatever the hell that thing was called. So I'd say Fox definitely pushed them into it. They were on their way. They just gave them that little boot and ass to get them maybe a little bit quicker. Chop, chop, let's go. And you know, and it, it'll make people feel more comfortable, I think. You know, just with the, hey, we're coming around the corner. You know, we're, we're getting past this whole COVID thing going on. Look, people can come out and enjoy wrestling again. 
and not be scared to death of catching the plague, stuff like that. That's probably what's going on. Makes sense. I like it. Let's throw it over to Mike Unit. Mike, what's your take on this? Do you feel like this was already in the works or they needed a little bit of a nudge? Little is an understatement. Fox pushed WWE to the cliff, okay? Let's be real. Fox invested money in WWE. So, of course, pretty much Fox is telling WWE to jump and don't ask how high, just jump. So, to me, it's more of a money thing than anything. Money and ratings, you know, and they figure they're not. It's been down the shitter because, yeah, we got Thunderdome, but, and, you know, cheap pops, as McFoley would say, but it really hasn't been the same. They want that organic crowd reaction. And I think once crowds are going to go back into it, then so will the uh, the viewership of the uh, of the viewers because that's really the only thing why people are not watching wrestling because they want to see crowds' reaction as well too. You want that adrenaline pumping just like those people in the front row. So Fox get it. You know, everyone else is doing it. Why aren't you guys doing it, WWE? Get your shit together and do it in July and have my money. Mike, like here's it. Mike, not the real one. The real one. So here's my question. So how many of these fans do you think get back? Because you gotta figure half of them have checked out. Obviously, they're not watching it for whatever reason. What's gonna happen now that they have been watching so long and things are over? Again, so they don't need to stay home on a Friday night anymore. They're going to be dying to go out and go somewhere. How many of these fans are they going to get back? Okay, I'll go fuck myself. That's fine. I don't know if you were asking me or Freeland. I said the real Mike, so not oh, him. the real Mike. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, I mean, it's going to. Yeah, Mike, there's two mics move. on your screen, Freeland. Oh, yeah. Mike, you know. The bottom one's more count. Those one to be quiet. Here's how I look at it like this. Um, I don't think there would be a difference because, yes, you got people that are ready to go back out if that's able, but you also got those same people that are now content being at home that wasn't content before out of fear of, you know, the virus. So my thing is, it might be a 50-50, but I also think it also falls on what day because um, that might give SmackDown a reason to move back to Thursdays. I think that's what's going to end up happening next. Um, I don't think Friday was ever a good idea. I don't think so either. Even the last few times that they've done Friday Night SmackDown, no one's at home. I'm not at home, you know. So... Monday through Thursday, I'm at home, you know, once I get home from the gym. So I'm going to sit home and watch wrestling or I'm here entertaining Mike Freeland. Um, so that's, I think it's just going to be a slight difference. It's once they notice that the viewership drop is not going to change, I think they're going to get rid of Fridays and move back to Thursdays or even do SmackDown Live on Tuesdays and move NXT to another day. But then again, if NXT was on Fridays, I'd stay at home to watch it. 
Very compelling arguments from our three finalists. And it was tough. I had to crunch the numbers. I had to get my little Mr. Professor out. It's a shame that Freeland has to go. No. <laughs> not, not going to say anyone uh, did not do a great job because each and every one of you guys did an you amazing job. You never answered my question about the sports jacket. What about the sport? <laughs> what do you? What's the issue with the sports jacket? I like the jacket. It looks good. Look, I'm the host. I'm the host. I'm trying to talk to my panel. I don't give my opinion. I'm just the moderator. I like Most the jacket. Nobody cares what your opinion is. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and go to the final scores. No, now seriously, I really what's, don't what's, feel bad about with, this what's final score. Sports, what's with the sports jacket? I like the sports jacket. The sports it's the jacket same one every me, week. Well, that's the whole point. It's continuity. I hope is that you wash it. I do wash it. He okay. hasn't washed it. You think that he knows what a... Uh, uh, dry cleaner is. He throws it in his washer. <laughs> it, does look, it does look a little tight. This is terrible. In three, it must have, shrunk. It must have been shrinkage. Two, <laughs> one. <laughs> final scores. This is oh, Mike Unit. Da, 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 da. Really close. close at the end. Mike Unit, what is your victory speech this week? Who would have thought on one episode I'm fully clothed? That I end up winning two weeks in a row. So y'all do know if I win next week, I break Hyden Dick's record. Y'all know that, right? This is very true. He won the first two weeks. You've come back, won week three. Now you've won week four. This is uh this is a big thing for you, my friend. Oh yeah. And uh how are these how are these points tallied? I need to these know. These points, these it's there's a numerical system here. Yeah, he, he judges based on Mike Unit being the greatest. Mike unit being put over by Mikey Whipwreck and me going topless. With that being said, uh, there. with that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring well, everybody you know, back. Good to get any higher than that. Let's 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 bring everybody back in here. Uh, everyone knows Mike unit has won again, so he is now tied with Anton for, for two for two weeks apiece. Hey, you where'd, know what? Where'd, where'd hide my go? I am not exactly sure. He had I asked him. Away. I don't know where he is. I think he had to step away. Um, the final thing, this is going to be our group discussion, Co uh, Collision in Korea. By show of hands, who saw Collision in Korea? The Very show nice. or Dark Side? The I've Dark Side. Both. Yes, not the Dark Side. Not did you go to Korea, the, the show. Yeah. yeah, I would have never gone to Korea. We're going to start off with Moondog. Uh, let's get your takes on Collision in Korea, Dark Side of the Ring. Those people are starving. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him and say, we got a fucking smorgasbord over here. Uh, the, the episode was great. Uh, it was one of those fun ones. It doesn't end in death, which is nice. It's kind of like the Brawl it's for All good. from... Yeah, it's kind of like the Brawl for All from Season 2. It's one of those episodes where oh, it's a nice buffer. For All ended in the death. <laughs> The death of a career. A couple careers, in fact. Um, <laughs> I think that was the last appearance of Girl Lots, too. Oh, it was. God. Oh, that was an awesome moment, though. Was that that pop for him? Um, I actually read, uh, which if anyone hasn't read yet, Scott Norton's autobiography. Good so book. I got to, no. so I knew about uh, the story about him with the machine gun. Uh, pointed at his head, or, or like being flashed at him, and then like the pool, the pool story. There's a story they weren't able to tell because of uh, time constraints. They actually had a barbecue 
Scott Steiner was having a barbecue, and they gave him um, they gave him chicken, or what they thought was chicken. Too Cold Scorpio theorizes that it was pigeon because he, according to Too Cold, a lot there was less and less pigeons as days went by <laughs> in North Korea. <laughs> so, um, Steiner's cooking this this pigeon or chicken. <laughs> Oh, what he Jesus. thinks is chicken, probably. Uh, he eats it. He spits it out and goes, what the fuck is this shit they're feeding us? <laughs> and so the New Japan people had to swarm him and talk to the North Korean people and then make Scott apologize to the North Korean people because they sp- he spat on North Korean land. So obviously this could end in death. Because like I think this happened right after Scott Steiner had the whole uh, interrogation with the North Korean people and such. Uh, when they talk about the show itself, if you watch the show itself, it's on YouTube right now. I I don't think Dodoe can have it on the network because New Japan technically owns rights to the footage. So um, it's on YouTube. It's it's not a good show, but it's such an interesting show to watch because the, it's it's I've never heard two hundred thousand people uh, so so quiet. They don't make a peep. Until uh, Inoki, until they have the Inoki Flair match, that's the only time they really make noise. But uh, other than that, like it's it's so weird to see them wrestle in front of people but not get a reaction. It's just a, it's just like confusion because obviously they've never seen it before. They don't know what wrestling is. They, they they're forced to be they're forced to come out here. And um, Norton said in the Norton said in the documentary and in his book where he's like, "Wow, we drew a lot of people today." And then the North Korean guy goes. Oh, uh, forced attendance. If they don't show up, they get a bullet in the head. Oh, it's my like, God. Ah, and I, I can imagine Norton like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, but very good, very good episode. Check it out. There's some fun stories. It, it really puts you in the mind of what if, what, what, what it's like for someone from the outside coming in North, to North Korea, for sure. Let's throw it over to Liam Savage. Liam, your take on Collision in Korea. What was your take on that episode? Ooh, that was a fucked up episode. Um, I was going to ask uh, Mr. Whipwreck, actually. Like, is Too Cold that unhinged? Like, if if uh, <gasps> he was okay with you, like, was he, you know, he was all right. But then if he was your enemy, he was kind of crazy. Scorpio? Yeah. Just based on uh-huh. that episode, because, like, did you see the episode, Mikey? No. Okay, so basically, he was talking about how... Not... Sorry? <laughs> no, no. Okay, but... No, he was... It, but basically, he was just talking about how he was going to stab Hawk, because, you know, Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk, was having a problem with him. It, it was over some stupid disagreement about riding with a flare or something. I don't know. But he, it was this whole running thing about the whole show about how he was going to stab him. And he made a shiv out of, like, two chopsticks. And it's, it was just nuts. But anyways, I didn't know if he was, a you know, crazy or not. Scorpio's but... a badass. He doesn't take shit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he is. So and, it's, I, it's... you know, yeah. yeah Let's just say I, if I was in I... a fight, I would not mind Scorpio being mine. Yeah, for sure. No, and I, I love Scorpio. Like, I've always been a big fan of his, but... Um, I didn't know if he had any insight on that, just based on how long he worked with him. But um, yeah, no, he's he's he can throw down. Yeah, but he's but he's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. 
Um, yes. So for me, as far as that episode goes, uh, it was really interesting. Um, I knew a little bit about it going in. Uh, just even when I was just uh, reading the PWI magazines and Liam, stuff like that, that when I was... Sorry? How's Effie? I didn't get that. What did you say? How's Effie? I wouldn't know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, oh, you anyway. first. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, jeez. Um... <laughs> Let's let. Hmm. Sounds good. Are we PG now? Well, anyway, folks. Wow. Mikey. Going? What the hell? I'm the host. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I uh, swore. Well, uh, for everybody watching at home, so sorry. Back to death row. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I'll. I'll just give my thoughts on the show. Uh, Go for it. Go for it. Okay, great. Liam, off his off his off his game here. <laughs> no, I'm I'm on my game. I'm fine. Um, the show Freeland's was interesting. It. Yeah, Freeland's off his game all the time. The show was good. It Never was um, very interesting. And uh, as far as what they said, um, just as far as going into the country and everything and getting their passports taken away, it was just crazy. Uh, as far as the actual show, like the two hundred thousand being there. That was fucking nuts. Like, none of them knew what was going on, and the only match they reacted to was Inoki versus Flair. That was, uh, like, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, 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 a, it's a really bizarre episode in general because, I mean, like, this is something this is unprecedented. Not, nothing like this has ever happened before. And just seeing all these fans just basically being put there in the stadium like under pain of death it was just fucked up but and just and just you know like scott norton's you know commentary on the whole thing i'd heard before but just seeing him detail it was pretty interesting but um and scorpio and everything like i didn't know all the stuff about scorpio though that was new to me um it was fucked up. Uh, I tried to tell my daughter about how fucked up North Korea is because she's a big K-pop fan. And I tried to tell her, there's two sides of the border, honey. And she didn't believe me. And then I uh, had to explain to her about how uh, North Korea is. And she uh, thought it was a little messed up. So uh, there you go. Uh, anybody else have any comments on the collision in Korea? Anybody else want to jump in here before I throw it over to the RIT? Who, no. Uh, we have uh, we have I something do. here, don't we, Mr. Ritt? I do. I got something. I need to you say. you got something you want to share here with Collision of Korea before I throw it to the Ritt? Yeah, because I've heard the story of Scorpion and Hulk ever since high school, when you know they had the Ring of Honor Straight Shooting series, and I actually met up with Two Cold at a wrestling show in uh, Annandale, uh, Virginia. It was for Nova Pro Wrestling and. For a quick second, we chatted about it in between matches. You know, the part that Liam forgot to mention, the reason why Scorpio went after Hulk wasn't just because of that, but the fact that uh, Hulk referred to him as the N-word, and that's with the E-R. Did he say that in the episode, though? Yeah, he said in the episode. Okay, I guess I missed it. He said in shoot interviews, his story has never changed. 
with various okay. interviewers the past 20 years almost. And like I said, I met him in person. We were joking about it. Not going to say what activity we were doing joking about it, but um, <laughs> checkers. Yeah, let's checkers, go with that good. checker. Sure. Yeah, checker. But um, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> legit. And then, you know, Hawk was the one who kept saying we were going to go to Tokyo and fight. And, uh, you know, Scorpio the whole time was prepared by doing the shifts in the, uh, the hotel room. And, yeah, he mentioned Benoit, you know, was like, no, that's not cool. And the, the reason why he never mentioned Benoit in other shoot interviews was because at the time, you know, people were still sensitive about the Benoit incident. But, yeah, all that is legit from Scorpio. And for those who said Hawk couldn't defend himself, Scorpio was saying that even before Hawk passed away in interviews and such. You know, same thing with Buff Bagwell. While he's looking like a wildcat, like James Brown's mug shot. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, great, great panel discussion this week, you guys. Do appreciate that. Uh, we had a great interview with Darius Carter as well. You can catch that on demand. That will be airing as soon as this show posts. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it to the Rit. Rit's been working on something here. Uh, it is completely him. Throw it over to him here. The big announcement for next week, Rit. The floor is yours. Well, next week, man, we got a great guest there. He is a two-time Hall of Famer. We've got the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, will be on FRM. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Myself and Rit will be uh, holding it down with the most dangerous man. So nice. we are very excited. Can't wait. Good job, boys. For that. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. How did you we've, pull that awesome. we've, been, we've been some booking machines, and especially Rit right here. He is the Adam Schefter, I will tell you that. Thank you. Thank you. So we got him, and we got a great summer lineup series coming through as well for... All of June is going to look really good. July is just about completely booked up. And then August, it's going to get really exciting. So you guys are going to be in store for some great, great stuff coming up this summer. So one more thing I want to yeah, do right. before oh, we, Can we, we go, go ahead <laughs> and uh, before we do it, I do want to wish a very happy birthday to Boog. Um, mm, he dude, turned what? Thirteen? Fourteen? Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm 12. really surprised he's even he's even 69. up right now. It's 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 past his bedtime. But uh, Boogster, happy birthday from all of us, and we can't wait till you get back here and joining us on the panel as well. So very very happy birthday to him. All right. Yeah. Well, for the writ, for the butt, for. Mike Cook for did, Liam did you Savage. Get, did you get the message, Freeland? Did I get what message? About your jack. Did you send me a message? Well, trolling on the bottom. <laughs> you're ridiculous. It's a smoking you're, jacket. You're ridiculous. For everybody here on the show, I am Mike Freeland. It has been fun. It's been real. That's it's a nice jacket there, Sonny. <laughs> we will catch you guys next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Seriously, the cadaver what? needs a...
And guess what, Liam? Sir Moist tomorrow. We made sure. Yes. Go ahead. We we even made sure we kept it from uh, from bleeding in too much of your bedtime this week. Uh, do what you want. It's your show. <laughs> no, oh, I want to make it's sure your I didn't show. Make, all right. I didn't want to make you too groggy tomorrow, my friend. Oh, I'm groggy all the time. It doesn't matter. That's why I'm so pissed off all the time. I'm you need a fucking I... hug. You I don't need a fucking hug. Son of a bitch. Good no, night. I have like a Newfoundland that. steak. Your fucking hug. I like that. This yeah, is fuck that time. shit. This has been the greatest yeah. of the pandemic.